What is up, YouTube? Welcome into another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Tuesday, September 19th, 2023, and the Buck and I have you until 10 o'clock this morning. We've got a lot to get into. We'll recap the Monday Night Football double header. We will let you hear from Steve Sarkeesian, who met with the local media here in Austin yesterday. We'll talk a little Major League Baseball, and also Howard Griffith of the Big Ten Network is going to join us at 9 o'clock to talk about Mel Tucker, Michigan State, and of course the huge matchup this weekend between the Ohio State University and Notre Dame, we are locked and loaded for the next couple of hours. Good morning, Buck. Good morning to you, BK. How are you this morning, my man? I am fantastic, my friend, and yourself? I am doing well and ready to have a round of golf today for the first time in a month. I'm ready to go. I've got my Travis Matthew gear on, and thank you to the folks at Travis Matthew for this wonderful gear that we are receiving from them. They love it. They, they think that we probably do have faces for television, radio, and YouTube, they said. So they wanted to get us in, the, in their gear along with some others that have given us some wonderful gear, and we do appreciate that. We really do. And good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cabasas, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day all over this wide, wide world. Thank you so very much for what you do. It is appreciated. Thank you very, very much. All righty, getting a compliment about that hat you're rocking today. Yeah, you know, that Travis Matthew gear – when I go to places like, well, I don't think they have it at Academy, but Dick's Sporting Goods, when I go in there, I look at it and I just keep on going because generally it's past my pay grade for now. But soon my pay grade will be large enough that I'll walk in and get the pants, the sock, the shoes, all of the apparel of Travis Martin Matthews. I love it. I mean, it feels different. It's really strange. But actually, you know, it's not like those jeans that you get from Goodwill, the ones that you can't get the ass out of. You know, those I don't ones. get those. <laughs> You've learned that lesson now. Oh, you yeah. You it. told me that a long okay. time ago. All right. Well, it feels different. It's just a weird thing. It just feels different on you. Yeah. And I, good. and I appreciate it, man. Looks good. Feels good. Which means I'm going to play good. No, I no. don't think that's what it means. No. No, there's no gear in the world that can help your game these not days. Not right now. No. Oh, but I'm hydrating, uh, I'm hydrating, my friend. There you go. That's a good thing. That is a very, very good thing. And I don't know where that extra source of income that you're talking about is going to come from. It's not coming from me. If that's oh, what you're looking it's for. Coming. It's coming from there. Yes, it if is. That's, if this is your public request to ask for a raise and try to get <laughs> the public on your side, let me tell you, it ain't working, pal. Come on. It's. I mean, I've seen the 499s that keep coming up here and the $5. And the two fifties, I see all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. We're almost at five thousand subscribers. That's Maybe awesome. we might might hit that number by the end of the day today. When we do, I tweeted about it last night. We're gonna have a massive giveaway. We're gonna be giving away all sorts of stuff to you people: Texas football tickets, a couple of pairs of Ariat boots, a couple of Ariat jackets, some sunglasses from Parallel Eyewear, some restaurant gift cards, some hats from our friends at Last Stand Hats, and so much more. So the quicker we get to 5K, the quicker you guys will have the opportunity to cash in on those great, great prizes. So if you're not subscribed already, 
What are you doing? Please subscribe. If you are subscribed already, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell the homeless guy walking on 6th Street, tell whoever to subscribe to us at Texas Sports Unfiltered. All right, lot to get into today. Jason Hughes with a comment about the app. Jason, let me know what's going on with you because I'm listening to the app right now and everything is working fine on my end. But if something is messing up with the app, please let me know and uh, we will find a way to get things corrected. By the way, the text line, 512-222-9328. If you are listening on the text line and you want to chime in, we would love to hear from you. Buck, let's open up with some Monday Night Football conversation We had a doubleheader last night, which was kind of cool. The number one overall pick was in action. Bryce Young going up against the New Orleans Saints. And also we had an AFC North rivalry between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Saints go into Carolina. They get the three-point win. Bryce Young struggled, still showing some growing pains. That feels disrespectful to say growing pains about Bryce Young, considering how short he is. But uh, he had some rough moments last night. The Saints get the win there. And then I think the game that more people were – intrigued by and the game that more people were watching last night was the uh, brown steelers game cleveland coming in at 1-0 off of that big win over cincinnati pittsburgh looked awful against san francisco in their season opener but uh, pittsburgh bounces back they get a huge defensive play a strip sack from alex highsmith the fumble picked up and returned for a touchdown by tj watt and the steelers get the win obviously the big takeaways the nick chubb injury Looked really, really bad. No official diagnosis yet from the Browns, but Buck, it looks like one of the best players at any position is potentially done for the year. Yeah, no, that's a shame. I mean, Nick Chubb, I mean, if you watched that game last night, that dude was just running as hard. He is such a hard runner, such a physical guy. And the run that he got hurt on was another physical run up the gut with a bunch of guys in a big pile and his knee gets caught in there. And I'm glad they didn't show that over again. You know, a lot of times – you know, those, they have to have that replay because they want everybody to catch where the injury occurred. But I love when they just say, okay, you don't need to see it, it happen once. We're not going to replay this over and over again so you can get the thrill. But it's just – it was horrible to see. It's the same injury that he's had before on that knee. That knee has already been surgically repaired. So that is, he's done for the year, and so are the Cleveland Browns, as a matter of fact. They're, they're already struggling enough with their quarterback who just absolutely stinks right now. Yeah. I mean, he's not he's not going into that second year after getting there, after having to sit out all those games. He still hasn't come back. You know, he's he was a little bit better than he was in game one, but not much better. I mean, yeah. he is struggling. Sean Watson is struggling as a quarterback right now. Oh, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Like the hope for Browns fans was, you know, he only looked really bad towards the end of last season right. because he had been away from the game for so long, right? He sat a year, then was suspended for 11 games. So it was like, ah, oh, he's a little bit rusty. But once he goes through a full off season, he's going to become Deshaun Watson sure. again. And a couple of years ago, this guy was regarded as a top five quarterback in the NFL. And he was in his mid twenties. And it's like, oh man, this guy is the limit for Deshaun and, now, the Browns are getting something pretty special here, but he has been one of the worst quarterbacks in all of football since that trade went down. And as of right now, he is 32nd in the NFL in completion percentage this year, Buck. He's he's not just been, like, underwhelming. He has been right. awful. And they gave him a five-year, $230 million, fully guaranteed contract that they can't get out of. And, my God, it looks like the Browns have – Round again. You know what? And now they now he's put the mojo on the rest of his team, including the best running back in the NFL right now. So 
his mojo is moving throughout the team slowly but surely. And that's a shame. That's a shame for Nick Chubb. I mean, he really, I mean, he's a guy that you really like to see play. He, he is everything. He's flashy. He's got power. You know what I mean? He, he's got the ability to make you miss. He's an all around back that I don't think people really understand. You know, we always talk about people will talk about Saquon Barkley and his ability to do some things, but nobody's like Nick Chubb. Nobody has the explosion that Nick Chubb does. And I, I mean, that cat has speed that I didn't realize. I mean, he starts to outrun you. He puts you in bad positions as a defender because he can flat out outrun you. You don't get those shots. He was just in a pileup last night near the goal line. And that, that's just, that's him trying to use his strength like that at the end. He wasn't trying to make anybody miss. He was just trying to finish a run. Yeah. He got hit in a bad spot by Nick oh. Fitzpatrick. Some people are calling it a little bit of a cheap shot. I, I don't know if it was, or if it wasn't. Hey dude, uh, you got to bring that guy down somehow. You can't, you go up there and try to tackle him high. He'll run you smooth over. I don't know. It's like you have to hit these guys and bring them down. You have to hit them in the thigh or the knee area in order. If you're a defensive back, you've got to do that. And I, I, I've hated that rule where, where when the big offensive linemen come out and they start coming around the corner, you can't hit the, you have to hit them above the waist. That's crazy for a defensive back. What the hell is that little guy going to do against a lineman? You have to yep. try to make the play, but you're not going to go face up with a, with a guy who's 335, 340. If you're a 180 pound defensive back, that rule, that rule blows too. I, I don't like the, I, I mean, I don't like the, the real cheap shot. You know, the ones where they go down way below the knee. I mean, but if, if, if you can get a guy in the thigh area and, and get it, well, he's probably not going to go down an offensive lineman in the thigh area, but for a defensive back, I hate that rule for those guys. You're talking about a guy who's in, in limbo, you know, they reach out, the big guys reach out with their elbows. They pop, they knock you down with an elbow. But if you can't, if you come squared up on them and you're supposed to try to force the ball inside, you are going to end up in the stands as a 180 pounder. Yeah, for sure. It's tough to be a defender in football these days because all of the rules are screwing the defense, right? Yeah. You can't hit high. You can't hit low. Now some days it feels like you can't hit in the middle. No. Uh, especially when we're talking about quarterbacks. So, yeah, it's tough. It and is it's, tough. And BK, it is a – so far in week number two, it's been a tough a tough couple of weeks for the NFL. Joe Burrow's not – you know, Joe Burrow will be out for a little bit. Saquon Barkley. Um, Nick Chubb is, is out. And there Aaron are Rodgers. Yeah. Odell That's the Beckham. big one right there. Like, that was the biggest offseason acquisition in the NFL. Yeah. That's a guy going to the New York market. Like, that's – yeah, there's been some bad – Odell Beckham is out for three weeks now with an ankle. I mean, it's yeah. it's, already, it's already started. It's only week number two. You know, yeah. it's 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 incredible some of these stars that have gotten hurt early. And it's it's only – I know it'll, it'll reach that point where you get to game six or seven and you'll just have a couple and guys will be in the flow of things. And they'll they'll as as somebody said, cheap shot. They'll start knowing where to hit, how to fall, and things like that. But you know, those guys don't play in the preseason games. You know, they don't they don't let them get hit in preseason games. Then you come out and everybody's going full speed, and the velocity they hit you with is a lot different now. They're hitting you now for paychecks. They're not hitting you for per diem. You know, they're not hitting you for food money. They're hitting you for their for their homes and their cars and their jewelry and their wives and their kids and their girlfriends. You know what I mean? And their TikTok videos, they're doing all that stuff now. I mean, it's that it's about it's about the cash now when they start hitting you. It's for real. So yeah. it's sad to see, but it's sort of like the NFL. I mean, this is what happens, but it just seems like in two weeks, major stars are out. Yeah, feels like it happens every year, but yeah. uh, this year has hurt. There's no doubt about it. One of the best quarterbacks in football, one of the best running backs in football, 
are already out for the season. And obviously some of those other injuries that you talked about where guys might be having to miss a few weeks too. Uh, not what the NFL wants. And no. you know, those players you brought up are all offensive players, right? That's what makes the NFL money. Speaking of that's money, right. that's why all of these rules are put in seemingly every year to protect the offense because, well, those are the star players. Those are the guys people come to see. They pay to buy tickets to watch those guys. They turn on the TV to watch those guys. And when those guys aren't there, obviously the business of the NFL takes a little bit of a hit. So Yeah, you can't, uh, you can't horse collar these guys at running back. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, people are now they're going to, you know, this whole thing about hitting them low is going to start coming into play. There's going to be a, an area where defensive backs and linebackers can't hit running backs is going to have to be above the waist. And that's going to be ugly for defenders. I mean, it will be absolutely brutal. You're going to have 220 pound cornerbacks here soon, you know, to survive in the NFL. If they start changing those rules because running backs are getting hit in the legs. I mean, it's been that way forever. I mean, Gail Sayers, I mean, that's how he got it with a knee. I mean, that's just an un- it's an unfortunate injury, but you can't start, you know, legislating hitting guys above the waist at, well, at running backs. I, but you know what? In order to save their product, they're liable to do it. Well, back in your day, guys didn't even have surgery. They would just rub some dirt on it and go back out there, Thank right? Thank you, BK. That's right. Yeah, and I if you drank water years. back in the day, you were a little beat. That's bee, right. You know? Salt tablets. That's what it was. <laughs> have some salt tablets. You know, oh, gross. Well, yeah, it does absolutely. look like the Texans dodged a bullet with Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's amazing that they got three first round picks and then some for that guy, considering just how bad he's looked since coming back to football. Once again, the Browns gave Deshaun Watson a five year, $230 million fully guaranteed contract to get that done. When I was doing radio in Houston, and I was on the air when that trade went down a couple of years ago. And Texas fans were freaking out. Oh, we traded our franchise quarterback. Is this a good move? Is this a bad move? And what if Deshaun Watson goes to Cleveland and wins a Super Bowl and we're left here with nobody? I'm like, guys, calm down. It's the Browns. Okay. Yeah, he's going, going to screw it up. Around. Literally, that was my big take. I was like, man, if Deshaun Watson got traded to Atlanta, that was a team that was interested. New Orleans was in the mix. Even Carolina was rumored to be there for a while. I would have been like, all right, now there's there's a chance that this thing's going to work, and then the Texans are going to be kind of left at the altar without their franchise quarterback. But when I saw which team stepped up and offered that ludicrous contract to Deshaun oh, yeah. Watson and gave that ridiculous offer to the Texans to make the deal happen – I was like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to be, well, I don't want to say just fine because you're still the Texans, and unfortunately they're not just fine. But, uh, no, you don't have to worry too much about the Sean Watson going to win a Super Bowl because he's playing for the Cleveland freaking Browns, and they don't win anything. Yes, and he stinks right now. He does. He does he indeed. He does, yeah. I mean, it's it's just – it's hard to watch him. And, you know, now obviously with – you know, with, I mean, he was in line for talking about a lucrative contract for – um for Nick Chubb, forget about that. Now you go right back into the Saquon Barkley deal where you're not getting the kind of money you're going to expect next year or the year after. It's not going to happen. Dude, the life of a running back continues to get worse. Right? Oh, it does. It's not getting better. I mean, and, and all they could talk about was how great Nick Chubb is. It doesn't matter now. That guy has two – he will have two knee surgeries. He A franchise just – you can love him. You can love the guy, but you're not going to like the price tag. And he's not going to like the price tag that's going to come with a double knee surgery on that same knee. So 
Those guys are underpaid and overused. That yeah. is a uh, bad combination. And you get why running backs are trying to get more money. Sure. But you also kind of understand why teams are a little hesitant to give them those big money long-term contracts. Mm. All right, a couple minutes away from your tip for kids. I want to say this, though, since we are talking about Monday Night Football, um, Bryce Young struggled a little bit last night. Now, the Saints have a pretty salty defense, and it's only the second game of Bryce Young's career. I'm not saying close the book on that guy by any stretch of the imagination, but some good news if you're a Texans fan, besides watching Deshaun Watson stink up the joint last night, C.J. Stroud's been the best rookie first-round quarterback. So oh, yeah. Now, we're two games in, but the stats kind of tell the story. I mean, Bryce Young, 298 passing yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions through two games. Anthony Richardson, guy can't stay healthy. Uh, he's been oh, no, he's running. a concussion ready to happen because he just wants to run. He's yep. pretending to be Lamar Jackson without Lamar Jackson maneuverability right now. Yeah, I mean, he's a great runner. He's just oh, yeah. got to go to your fall school or something to uh, to learn how to take hits better than he has. He, no, he doesn't need to take hits. That's yeah, maybe slide. Yeah. yeah. Go down, guy, or dive or slide or do something. Uh, Richardson's been solid and not great as a passer yet, but obviously pretty good with his legs when he's been able to stay on the field. But C.J. Stroud, 626 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. I'm not going to sit here and act like it's been all perfect for Stroud. But considering how banged up the Texans are on the offensive right. line, considering how bad, I'll say bad, mediocre would be too nice, their wide receiver room is. I mean, it's one of the worst wide receiver rooms in all of football. Uh, they haven't been able to run the ball at all with Damian Pierce through these first couple of games. C.J. Stroud has actually been pretty impressive. So two weeks in, you don't say, oh, we've got a definitive answer on who the best quarterback in this year's draft class is. But that's a, a good early sign if you're a Texans fan that the guy that you ended up with so far looks to be the best of the three that were taken in the top five. Well, what he looks like is a, a quarterback that can stand in the pocket, maneuver inside the pocket, BK, and five guys down the field. I like the way he moved. I did that. I liked it last year. And I like when in his last season at Ohio State, the way he started to move in the pocket, and especially against Georgia. He looks like that guy that played in a Georgia game, you know, who moved around in the pocket, found a little seam where he could step up because he, he seems like a tall guy. I don't know if he's really a 6'6 guy, but he, he plays really tall. But his ability inside the pocket really looks good. He doesn't get balls batted down like the little guy does. I mean, he stands tall. He throws over the top. And that remember, that was his deal. People were wondering about that throwing over the top. Well, it's worked for him so far. You know, he hasn't got a bunch of passes batted down where guys can't get to him and they jump. He still can throw over the top of those guys. And his accuracy, that's the deal with him. It's always been about accuracy. He puts it on the money. Yeah. He puts it where his guys can catch it. So I, I like the way – I think this is going to work out for the Texans in the long term. I don't know how many years it will take for them to get people around him, but they'll be. I think they'll be thankful they got this guy instead of the short dude. Yeah, so far so good. Look, I won't reverse what I said before the draft. I thought Bryce Young was the best quarterback yeah. in this year's class. I, I'm not changing my mind on that one, but I was hopeful for Texans fans out there that they were going to be okay with C.J. Stroud. And once again, two weeks in, he's looked pretty good. The Texans yes, are 0-2, which sucks. He's obviously got to win some football games, but uh, he's he's looked all right. And the Texans look like they have a little something-something with the number two overall pick out of the – Ohio State University. All right. It is 20 after 8 on a Tuesday. The club is going up. And also, it's time for another one of Bucky's tips for kids in the car line, brought to you by our friends at Relax the Back. You know, we love Relax the Back. I was over there yesterday to see the folks over at Relax the Back. And 
looking for a road share. So when we get on the road at places, we can just throw that bad boy in the bag. It's not like the one you took from my office and took down the steps. This is a lightweight chair that gives me all the support I need. They've got them all, folks. So when you get over to relax the back, find that chair that's going to work for you. Whether you've had surgery or not, your lumbar area, your thoracic area really needs the support if you're going to sit around for 10 minutes or two hours like I'm doing right now. And you can get that done at Relax the Back. They've got two locations at the Hill Country Gallery across from the Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live pain-free like the buck with Relax the Back. Here's my tip for kids in the car line. Good words are worth much and cost little. Hmm. Get you some of that, kids, this morning. Good words are worth much and cost little. Not much to do with that saying good words about people. It's not going to cost you anything. So instead of taking a shot at somebody, say something nice about somebody today. It's not going to cost you anything. That's what you mean by good words. You don't mean like dictionary words, like oh, scrabble no. words. You mean uh, no, like no, no, no. positive, words. uplifting words. No, no, uplifting stuff. Say something very nice about somebody. Where it could be your could be could be your brother or sister. And you know how hard that can come. That yeah. that's hard to say for for youngsters out there. Say some nice words about somebody. Then okay. it, it costs you little to open up your mouth and say something nice about people. You know. We're probably not yeah. going to have much to say nice about Mel Tucker here when we talk to Howard Griffith, but, Oof. you know, yeah, Mel. Yeah, horny really? has a cost, doesn't it? Wow. Yeah. No, horny does have a cost. Let me tell you something. I heard Zay Collier tell me yesterday, he said, listen, Buck, horny has no cost. I said, oh, yeah, it does. It costs. <laughs> it's going to cost you a lot, fella. I mean, really? Oh, my goodness. That is I, fantastic. It, I know so that's there, that what a weird transition. Work things done, but we'll talk to Griff about it, but we'll get into that later. But yeah, nice transition there, Buck. Your tip for kids. All of a sudden you start talking about Mel Tucker rubbing one out on the phone with the <laughs> sorry, sorry, sexual dad. assault survivor. Come on, Come dude. On. Good works are worth much and cost little kids. Oh, there you now go. You're trying to go back to it. I'm like trying it's to all go good. Back to it. Remember that for the day. Don't remember Uncle Mel. Forget about that dude. <laughs> For sure, man. Wow. Oh, well, I like that. That's uh, good advice, not only for the kids. That's good advice for everybody. Absolutely, man. This day and age, we need some of those those kind words. Doesn't cost you a daggum thing. Oh, not at all. Does not. Good stuff. Bucky's tip for kids. We get one every single Tuesday at 20 after 8 o'clock. Shout out to our friends at Relax the Back for sponsoring that. And also, shout out to our friends at Woods Comfort Systems. If something's wrong with your AC at home, you got to reach out to our friends at Woods Comfort Systems. They've been in business for more than 60 years here in Central Texas, and they provide top-quality HVAC and plumbing services as well. Our friends at Woods Comfort Systems are dedicated to keeping you and your family comfortable in every season. If you're building a new house that needs an AC unit, Call them up. If something is wrong with your AC unit, call them up. They do furnace maintenance, ductwork, attic insulation, and once again, those plumbing services as well. Check them out online at woodscomfortsystems.com or give them a call, 512-842-5066. That's 512-842-5066. Make sure you tell them you heard about it right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. It's Woods Comfort Systems, where comfort is our middle. Yeah, it's that time of the year, BK. The beginning of October is when I start getting ready to – Winterize, winterize the house. Make sure that, you know, 
down there, my little well pump and everything else. And it's that time, folks. And which comfort center, if you haven't talked to the folks there, let them come out and check out your heating system because winter is going to be upon us very, very quickly. I'm not telling you when because I don't do the winter. You know, I just do rain. I don't do winter stuff. But we will have we will have winter. How's that? Yeah, that, that it's coming on out? December 21st, Buck. I will tell you when it is. No, you can't do that. You, I, I no, you just don't pick a day. Don't, don't you, don't you go. If you're not talking to Rodney in the Farmer's Almanac, don't you try to pick out a day for us, okay? You picking out a day. Hey, Are you reading this on your interwebs? This is not me picking out a day when winter starts. This is the internet telling me when winter starts. Look at your screen. First day it. of winter, December 21st. This is not an opinion of mine. This is a factual statement I am making. Oh, okay. You see that? Somebody just wrote it up and you, you're going by that. I go by the Farmer's Albanac. The farmers tell me when winter is going to come. Not just a bunch of people playing TikTok videos and thinking <laughs> the 21st is the day. No, that's not going to work. That's, that's how it works. It's the winter solstice, man. It's the day with the fewest hours of sunlight every year. I don't make the rules. The TikTokers don't make the rules. <laughs> the TikToker doing these dance moves like telling you when winter is. Making up winter time? No, it's not going to work. When I go on this show and I've got one of these Ariad jackets on, it looks like I'm going to the Revenant. That's, that's when you know winter's hit. And I've got a big hat over my ears. I'll let you know when winter comes. Not oh, on the 21st. God. All right. We'll see about that. I got a hunch. I'll make it a 10,000-unit gold star lock that winter will start on December 21st this okay. year. I feel pretty good about uh, that date being accurate. All right, Buck. Let's talk some Texas Longhorn football, shall we? Yes, sir. From, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, who had his game week media availability down on the 40 acres yesterday. We've got a few cuts to get to, but we will start with this one. Sark's opening statement was over three minutes long. We're not going to play all of it, but we'll give you the final minute or so of Sark's opening statement from yesterday before he fielded questions. Take a listen. A lot of the guys, like I said, that, that was a, a good learning experience for us uh, to, to maybe not being at our best, but but refocusing, recalibrating, and, and playing really well in the second half. You know, We just didn't get many opportunities. We only, I think we only had 52 snaps in the game offensively, um, which is about – 20 or so snaps off of our average. And so you'd like to think maybe there'd be a few more opportunities to score. Uh, but I think we took advantage of the ones that we had in the second half. So um, encouraged by that. You know, I think this week, Big 12 play. And, and that's exciting. And like I touched on with the team, Big 12 doesn't care that we're 3-0. The Big 12 doesn't care that we're ranked number three in the AP poll. Um, we are 0-0 zero and zero in Big 12 play. And, and this week, we've got we've to do everything in our power to try to get to 1-0 um, in, a, in a hostile environment um, against a really well-coached team, a veteran team. Um, and it's going to take a lot of poise, a lot of composure, um, and we're going to need to play a complete game. We're going to need all three phases Saturday night, and so that's what we're putting forth in our effort, and, and that all started this morning. Well, it's, it, he's right. It is time to get your team in championship mode. And yes, it's it's the start of your it's the start of your journey, but you've already taken that most important step, and that's the first step. And that was three weeks ago. You know, your season has started. You're you're supposed to be getting better as this time goes on. You're 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 pretty well when it comes to injuries. You you look pretty good. Things are, but this is now championship mode. This is 
people's expectations now have gone up on this football team. And as, as much as we'd like to talk about some of the faults of last week, they are 3-0. and They're number three in the country, and things move forward. Nobody's looking backwards. Nobody's talking about what you could have done and what you should have done. You're 3-0, and that you're undefeated. Nobody has beat you yet. This isn't a week to get beat. You know, yeah. and don't let, don't let some of the, the madness of last week where some people were disappointed. And I think we all were a little disappointed in the way they came out and played early. But they finished strong. They're 3-0. and I'm excited about that. And I'm, I'm just very happy, unless you've got more, bit, more tape of him saying they did some things we weren't expecting. Because I don't want to hear about that. Because everybody's going to do something you're not expecting from this point on. They don't want to get beat up by your team. Your team is a really good football team. And if you think they're going to just sit there and base defense or base offense and say, okay, come and knock the crap out of me right now. We think we can outpower your team. No, you have better athletes than everybody else that you're going to play from this point on. How are you going to use them? So now it's championship mode. And I know you got to take them one at a time, but your your football team should be in championship mode. That means every practice should be about a championship, you know, but there's no looking back. We're not looking at a team right now, BK, to where if they go 10 and two, we're happy with, you know, we're going to talk about how happy we were at the season. Nobody's going to be happy with the team that this team, if they lose two games this season. Yeah. You know, a couple of terms that have been used to describe a few of Texas's performances thus far have been overlooked been hangover have been trap game like that, that type of stuff. I, we can't hear that anymore. No. Like th- this was the number one goal going into the season was to win the Big 12 championship game. There shouldn't be any hangover games. No. There shouldn't be any trap games. There shouldn't be any overlooking of opponents. I know the Big 12 is down this year, and there are a couple of really, really down teams in this league this year. But if your number one goal is to win this conference, then you shouldn't be using terms like that. And you're right. Like that's that's annoying as hell hearing Sark repeatedly say that the opposition did something that we weren't expecting. You know, I, I can live with that after a win. I'm not going to be able to live with that after a loss. No, like, oh, I, don't, no. I don't like hearing it after a win. You don't like hearing it after a win. I don't think any Texas fan likes hearing it after a win. And some of it, yes, it might be different from what Wyoming and Rice have done in the past, but it's not different from what some of the teams that beat Texas did last year. So you better do a better job of self-scouting, realizing what you might not be good at and realizing what the other team might try to do to take you out of your comfort zone. That's what needs to happen. Once again, if Texas Texas beat Rice by, what, 27, they beat Wyoming by 21. Right. They keep winning games, Sark can say all of that shit, and I'll be fine with it. Yeah. If they lose a game or two, and the first thing Sark says in the postgame was, they did a bunch of stuff we weren't expecting. No. Be like, Coach, you're paid $6 million to you know, figure something out, right? Coaches are problem solvers. Okay, they're doing something you're not expecting. How about you do something they're not expecting? Figure right. it out. Get it together. Those excuses – those terms that have been used to talk about really just two games. Everyone was cool with Alabama. Right. Talk about the Rice and the Wyoming games. I don't, I don't want to be hearing that stuff every single post game on Saturday or every single Monday from Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, I mean you can you I mean you can be honest with us. Our team was very lackluster in the first half of the football game. We're going to get better at that. We're going to we're going to fix that. I mean he told us how things were fixable. You know after the Rice game, these things are fixable in game two. They fixed it. They played Alabama. They played a really solid game against Alabama. It was fixable. They came back against a Wyoming team that did some things that were different. And I'm like, oh, no, not the old, you know, we weren't prepared for this. Well, we weren't prepared for their second string quarterback. Well, come on now. Really? 
your team is better than these teams that you're playing right now. And, and you know what? You're still undefeated. You fix those, you fix those problems within the game, but you can't come out now. It's championship mode. So if you come out sloppy and lazy looking in the first quarter, in the first half now, and as you said, they can win them by one, BK. We'll all be cheering and, and excited. But if they lose it by one because somebody did something different, that's not going to fly. Right. Yeah, you can't get away with playing a bad half of football no. against Oklahoma. You can't get away with playing oh, no. a bad half or three quarters of football against Kansas State. Now, hey, maybe against Iowa State you can. Maybe against Houston you can. But – you are uh, walking close to the sun. Yes, if you are. You can just flip the switch in the fourth quarter of every single game. Now, we're happy that Texas has played well in the fourth quarter in some of these games this year because they did not do that last year. So that's a nice change. But this team, obviously, uh, you'd like for them to be more of a four-quarter team. Than they have showcased in two of their three games this season. And there's nothing wrong with talking about a championship. I mean, he's, they've talked about it all before the season even started. So those goals are sitting right in front of you. You can still talk about them. I mean, I don't even mind hearing it from the players. I mean, when they if they tell me, "Hey, we're playing for we're playing for championships," I'm like, "That's fine," because I know what your coaches are telling you. Let's get this one first. We all understand that. All that you know what what people will say, what coaches are going to say. We got to take them one at a time. No, you're you're in championship mode, and you can still take them one at a time. You just got to play a championship game every week that you play. It's for the championship. It's not for anything more. It's not for you're going to have a winning football season. Your team is too talented. You can fall into your number one goal is to have a winning season. You can fall into that. You right. know, right now you're three and oh, you can you can stumble all over the place and have a winning football season and go to a bowl game. It's much more than that. That better it's not have been their number one goal this year. I mean, I mean, that's what you do. I mean, that's what coaches write down. That's that's the little those little goal setting things. And it's been that way forever. Have a mm -hmm. winning season, win your conference championship play for big things. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they, they go in order. You don't really skip one to get to the, to the last one. I, I know you just don't, it's You're just right. not the way, that's just not the way they teach the game. Well, and sadly, they have, they sadly have in Texas, they've had to have make, uh, have a winning season as a goal on that list because that's we haven't right. always done that in recent years. And Sark obviously didn't do that in year one either. Yeah. Protect, have a winning, uh, win all the games at home. You know what I'm saying? You have to protect your home. That's another one of those goals that coaches will throw out there. We have to protect protect our house. We can't have a we can't have a loss at our house. Well, now it's much it's much more than that. Can't have a loss. Period. Everybody's looking for this team now to go undefeated. And once again, a lot of things can happen in a championship game. So I'm still saying get to the championship, get in there and play. I know you don't want to hear what you said yesterday. You keep changing your mind. Yesterday you said you need to win the championship. Now you're saying just get there. What, what are you doing, politician? Listen, I just want to get to the championship game. I'll, I'll worry about the week, the week of the game and the, the talk after the game. I need to get to a championship here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a part of a championship in the Big 12. I know what that feels like to just, in order to just get there. A lot of things happen in between, you know, getting there. But this team is too talented not to get there, you know. And if they can, if they can write some of the little crazy stuff that they have going on, and they're not major things, they're just things that can get you beat. They're not major, right. but it's but it's major enough. The minor stuff is enough to get you beat. First sure. and first and fifteens, letting a team take the opening drive and shove it down your ass. I mean, yeah, I mean it's those things are those those aren't good when you're championship football team. So I think this team, I think you'll see this team this week in championship mode. And I mean, on all, all three aspects of the game.
okay. including the, including the special teams. You know, I think you'll see. I think you'll see things change in a lot of ways. I think the mind there. You don't need a meeting this week. You're playing right. Baylor. You don't. Right. You don't need anybody to call any meetings. No team meetings necessary. Team only. Coaches only. I mean, it's everybody together in this one because now you're starting conference play. You don't have to give your official score prediction right now, but are you feeling Texas by 14 and a half? I mean, that's the Vegas line right now. Do you think Texas is going to go into Waco and handle their business pretty easily this weekend? I feel that they're a three-touchdown winner. Okay, I like that. I like that. All right, let's hear another one from Steve Sarkeesian. How about talking about Quinn Ewers' performance? I mean, Ewers set the world on fire in Tuscaloosa last Saturday. He... Looked like he was on fire the way he was playing on Saturday against Wyoming. Here's Sark recapping Quinn's performance against the Wyoming Cowboys. I think just every aspect of the passing game needs to improve. You know, it just we felt like we just weren't we weren't as sharp. You know, we had a protection breakdown in there. Um, didn't have the best play calls predicated on what the coverages were. I think Quinn could have could have probably made a couple throws that he normally would make. So everybody kind of took their turn. And that's, again, that's not to make excuses. We all have to be better. And, and that, you know, again, you think passing game, you think play call, and you think quarterback, and most notably you, both of us need to be better. Um, but I think everybody else needs to be better as well. And so we all got to take responsibility uh, of that, uh, and we're going to need our passing game as we know. And so, again, I'm not going to let one game kind of knock me off my rocker on this one. Um, we were really good throwing the ball for two weeks, especially in week two. Um, it wasn't as clean as we wanted to. The lucky part for us, we have a run game that we can lean in on, a defense that can we can count on in special teams. Um, but we'll, we'll get that fixed, and, and we'll go out and, and play much better in the passing game this week. Did he just say we have a run game we can lean on? They leaned we, on it in the fourth quarter on Saturday. And we have, when we have defensive linemen we can lean on for touchdowns. And, you know, <laughs> since we don't use the tight end, we can always use our defensive linemen to get in the game and get it done for us. Yeah, I, you can lean on that. You're so mad about that play. It was a touchdown. I'm not that mad was about one of the best offensive plays they had hey, all day. I, I'm, I'm not mad about that particular play. That was a great play call. It was a great execution. I'm mad that the fact that the other guy who plays an offensive position all game long doesn't catch a pass. Yeah. That's you know, that's, that's what I'm – I mean, I don't care who caught the touchdown. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care if the center got out there and caught the touchdown. That'd be great. But the fact that a guy who plays offense is one of your weapons doesn't touch the ball in a football game, that's not good coaching. I'm sorry. That, that you, you can't tell me they took that, all of that away from you. You let right. them take that away from you. You took that away with your play calling. Yeah. I don't know if that was a Sark thing or a Quinn thing or a combination of both. Like There was a time early in that game where Quinn Ewers did throw it to Jatavion Sanders, but it was the throw that should have been intercepted in the end zone. Oh, like that, was the punt. Into, that was the punt. Yeah, I threw it into double coverage and nearly cost Texas three points. It was an awful decision by Quinn Ewers. Uh, JT Sanders was not open. And yeah, as much as I love JT Sanders, and I'm like you, I want to get him the ball as often as possible. You can't try to fit one into double coverage like that, especially near the end zone. So I don't know if that play scared Ewers away. I don't know if that scared Sark away or if just – Wyoming was doing a good job taking Sark out of the game, but you're right. Like you got to find a way to get your best playmakers, the ball JT Sanders having zero catches is unacceptable. And the combination of, you know, Sanders and Mitchell and worthy and Whittington only having eight catches. Like that's, that's ridiculous, dude. Like that yeah, shouldn't happen against Georgia. That yeah, can't happen against Wyoming. 
We, yeah, because we know you don't really mean that you have this unbelievable run game going. We know that you like to throw the ball. So when you when you're talking to the fans, just you're not fooling us. Yeah, you got a nice run game in the fourth quarter that you use. You know, it, it's 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 workable. But we know you want to pass the ball, coach. So you need to start getting plays to get guys open and have your quarterback set his feet and actually have the guys who are who are involved in executing it the right way catch the ball. I mean, it would help if they could catch, too. Yeah, the drops have been an issue. Texas is amongst the college football leaders in terms of drops thus far this season. That's going to change. How is that? How do you get a scholarship to come to a place like the University of Texas and you can't catch? Here's my issue. This is my biggest issue, and I tweeted this out in the show tease before we started at 8 o'clock. My biggest issue with Steve Sarkeesian right now, and I understand this is a 3-0 football team, and this team's yeah. 3-0 for the first time since 2012. This is a damn good team. So don't take this as, a, I think Sark sucks. I think he needs to be fired. I think Texas sucks. It's none of that. But our job is to talk about what's sure. going on. Steve Sarkeesian is not rotating the wide receivers at all. Now, a couple of years ago, I bitched and moaned, and a lot of Texas fans did, when Tom Herman seemed to over-rotate in the yes. wide receiver room. And a lot but, of other players, you're right. Yeah. Tom Herman's issue, and why I was so mad about it, and why I think most Texas fans were so mad about it, is he would rotate guys even in the fourth quarter, even in late-game situations. Like, you're in the final two minutes of a one-score game against Oklahoma State, and Colin freaking Johnson is on the sideline, and you've got some walk-on in instead of him. Like, right. that was the issue with Tom Herman. It's not that he was shuffling guys in and out of the lineup it was like dude in the biggest moments you're leaving your best players on the sideline what are you doing that's what I hated with Tom Herman Steve Sarkeesian is not rotating his wide receivers at all first quarter second quarter against Rice against Wyoming against anybody he's playing the same guys and I get it you want to play your best players like I'd rather Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell be on the field more than Jonte Cook and Isaiah Naor but I would also like to rotate those guys in. And I know Jonte Cook had that drop on Saturday, right? The one time he was targeted, he had one of the drops. I think Jonte yeah. Cook is feeling so much pressure. He's like, shit, this is my one opportunity I have to play. And I think that might cause you to tense up a little bit. Like, oh, I better get this right because Sark's only going to play me one or two plays a day. And, oh, man. Right. And I think that might have led to the drop right there from well, Jonte I mean, Cook. I, I, so I, why, why, you tell, like, why, why is he not rotating these guys at all? He's rotating a lot of other positions. Maybe it's Chris Jackson, the wide receivers coach. I don't know who it is, but Isaiah Nayor, that guy had a 1,000-yard season at Wyoming a couple of years ago. I mean, is his leg still busted? That's what I want to know. If the guy's still hurt. He's well, not. He's out there. He's like, play him. Jonte Cook's a five-star receiver. Play him a little bit. Not, yeah. not close. Like, that's going to help Mitchell. That's going to help Worthy. That's going to help Whittington. You're He's absolutely right in the second half of games but right now it's every single play if it's a two receiver set it's worthy and it's mitchell if it's a three receiver set it's worthy it's mitchell and it's whittington Dude, they well, weren't hesitant to put in a a star running back that they thought was so good now he's banged up and he's still probably going to end up being a star but they weren't hesitant to put that freshman in at that position and have him start for two games he's been hurt at right. first two games but i don't know why they're so hesitant at this wide receiver position are they do they are they just working worried about timing and and Quinn yours and if if they're all on the same page well they should be in on the same page right now but I believe you're right I believe you got to give some of these other guys a shot at it I've been waiting to see Nayor play for two years now and if he's healthy he can get in there 
and make a catch for eight yards without the ball hitting off his hands, I got to believe, or at least let me see if he can, can yeah. that dude get open? And yeah. you're right. They, they, they don't rotate. They, they're leaving those guys in. And I, right. I just don't, I don't think Sark is comfortable right now that his quarterback and his wide receivers are on the same page. I mean, you brought an NFL wide receiver coach in there to get guys on kind of on the same page with this quarterback. Obviously you throw the ball an awful lot at practices, but why, why doesn't it, why isn't it computing and why is, why is it not computing in the game? What, what's the deal about the games? I mean, these other guys are supposed to be good enough to play. You're supposed to have this kind of depth. We talk about that wide receiver room. We need to see more of these guys. Yeah. Uh, these guys are going to transfer, which that's a problem because Worthy's going to the league after this year. A.D. Mitchell's probably going to the league after this year. Uh, Jordan Whittington, I think, has to go after right. this year. So, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, you're, you're pissing these guys off. Like, that they're not going to get to play. I'm sure Jonte Cook came to Texas with the anticipation that he was going to play at least a little bit as a freshman. You think Isaiah Naor is happy that he transferred to Texas right now? And that guy's like, shit, I could have gone – Tennessee, stayed in Wyoming, anywhere else, or stayed in Wyoming. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think he's uh, upset that he left Wyoming, but he had plenty of other offers where he could have gone and he could have actually played. Like, that's I, I just don't get it. I just it, it feels like it would make this offense better. Once again, I'm not saying like 50 50 split, but I'm saying, man, you could bring Jonte Cook in for more than one play. Would you be saying this if these guys were catching the football? Would you still be saying that probably? I wouldn't be as adamant about it. Yeah. But I, I would still be like, Where, where's Isaiah Nayor? Where's Jonte Cook? Yes. Like, it, we're playing Rice in Wyoming. Are, are those guys not even good enough to play against those teams? Yeah, that's like, interesting. Well, if they don't play in the non-con, are they going to play at all when we get to the Big 12? That's very interesting. You're right. Well, will, will they be in the games when they're, where clutch moments are against Texas Tech or TCU? Or are you going to be afraid to put them in then? If you didn't put them in in those two games, Rice and Wyoming, I, I, I don't know what you're going to do. I, I just still, I still think they're they're working on trying to get the quarterback set with the guys that he has. Well, it doesn't make much difference if that guy doesn't set his feet. If you yeah, don't, yeah that's that's not going to help anybody if the ball is going to be overthrown or dive bombing at guys because his feet aren't set. So I know Coach had to to say something yesterday in, in the in the in the media availability about Quinn Ewers and his footwork again. I mean, as I said, that's a constant. I'd be in his ear. If I saw that guy on campus, I'd go up to him and say, hey, get your footwork straight. If I'm one of your one of your fellow students, I'd say, hey, your footwork needs to be correct. I mean, somebody needs to continue to tell this dude this or he's not going to be that kind of quarterback that everybody in their minds wants him to be. They'll always talk about the big arm, but they won't talk about the accuracy because his accuracy, he'll be throwing sailing balls over heads when he's not set. Right. Yeah, he's got to be better. And he had a couple of awful throws against Wyoming. He did make a couple of plays in the fourth quarter when it mattered most, but uh, it was a bad performance by Quinn Ewers. And but it can't be 50-50 with him. It can't be <laughs> half of your balls are okay and half of your balls are, are punched to the other guy. It, I mean, that guy's got to throw 70-some percent, 80-some percent. He's got the kind of arm, and he's got, he's got the line that, that can do that for him. And he's going to have the run game and play action very, very soon. Because teams now, as I said, they don't respect Texas' run game, but they're going to have to because these guys are getting a little bit better in the run game up front. And they've got Jonathan right. Brooks, who will who'll get you three and four yards. I mean, he's, he's going to put them in good situations where your second, you know, those second and sixes are going to be, now you can play action pass, do all the things you want, and guys are going to be open. But So you got to set your feet and hit those, those seam routes. You got to hit those, you know, those, those uh, the hitch routes. You got to be on time. You can't. They can't be sailing all over or dive bombing. They have to hit the guys in the chest. Now, 
now I understand a little bit of why you're leaving those guys in because you want them to get consistent in catching. But hell, if they can't catch, get them out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, for, for me, it's not a shot at Xavier Worthy or Jordan Whittington or Adonai Mitchell. Like, those guys are great. Those are the three best receivers on the team. I want right. those dudes playing more than I want the other guys playing. But I just I, – I can't figure out – and look, I'm not at practice. Maybe Jontae Cook's just not ready yet. Maybe he's not good. Maybe Isaiah Naor is still banged up from that ACL injury and yeah. he's not ready yet. I, I don't know, but the practice reports that I heard in the fall were seemingly indicating that those guys had a little juice to them. Yes. And once again, I saw what Naor did a couple of years ago at Wyoming. I saw the highlights of Jonte Cook in high school. To me, it feels like he might have something with those guys to where they should. I mean, I don't even know if Isaiah Naor played at all in that game against his old team. And that was something all Texas fans wanted to see, right? Oh, let Naor maybe start him, but let yeah. him get some run against his old team. And I don't even know if that guy even had a uniform on on Saturday night. Yeah, I don't recall him being in the game at all. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, but guess I, what? They're still 3-0 and and number three in the nation. They are indeed. They are indeed. But the passing game, like you said, the passing game's got to be better or they're going to lose two or three games this year. Like it, it, mo Most of it has to do with viewers, I think, and then Sark. But I uh, just wonder if uh, maybe getting some of the other receivers in early in games will just help this passing game as a whole be a little bit better. I hope the freshman right. running back is healthy for this game to start out the conference play, too. I hope a week off has, has helped his foot injury or ankle injury or whatever he's got going, that he's ready to go play. Now, that dude shouldn't be starting. I'm not the coach, but he shouldn't be taking the, the spot of Jonathan Brooks because that dude is right now – very capable of doing everything that you want him to do. I don't know if, if you need the flash, but he's flashy enough. That long run was pretty flashy to me. Yep. Carrying guys, stiff-arming guys, making the right cuts, protecting the football. And one thing about him is he, 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 he can get between the tackles and protect the ball. He knows how to fall. He knows how to protect the ball on contact. And he's just got to get over those little bugaboos and that little swing screen and things out of the backfield. That's what I mean. If you have a problem with it, then that's what you overwork. The other things I think he's doing a great job protect, protecting for the blitz. You know, he'll get down there low sometimes, but he cuts not at the ankles. He cuts in the thigh area when he lowers his shoulder to protect the linebackers. Because guys, there's not many of them that can go up there and go bone to bone with a full speed linebacker coming that you don't get down there low. You make that linebacker have to lift you up in the air and get you out of the way. You can't. You can't get too close to those knee areas and you miss and they go over the top. Now you're exposed to your quarterback. So you do have to make contact with the guy. It's just yeah. where you make contact. And he's doing a good job of that. You know, I don't know about the other guy. I just know a, a carry, a fumble, as an old running back coach, that stuff does not bowl well with me. That's That, that makes me nervous in clutch situations about him. I'd rather for him to get outside, you know what I'm saying, and not run between the tackles because – you know, the week before, I thought he, he looked pretty good running between the tackles with his explosion. But finishing those runs and putting that ball on the ground, that takes a little time for guys to get over. I'm not right. one of those guys that say, okay, you fumble the last play. Hey, go right back in there. I'll give you the ball again. No, I'm going to be a little cautious about that. Yep, that is fair. That is fair. And it sounds like C.J. Baxter is going to be back for this game on good. Saturday. Sark said yesterday that – you know, he practiced last week, but Sark didn't feel comfortable with throwing C.J. Baxter in an actual game. But you would think just with another week of practice, and once again, Sark made it sound like that C.J. Baxter will be an option 
for the Longhorns on Saturday. Will he start? Who knows? Will he be the number one running back? Who knows? But it sounds like uh, Texas will be fully healthy. That's good. Backfield. Let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian. He was asked about the run game improving a little bit, especially in that fourth quarter against Wyoming. Here's Sark kind of diagnosing his team's rushing attack. Yeah, I, I, hopefully we can continue to build off the run game um, of kind of where we where we got to last week. Um, you know, the, one of the one of the challenges from a coaching perspective is you know we try to anticipate the looks that we're going to get. And then we try to put our players in position to practice those things and then so that they can operate at a high level. But ultimately, we're always going to get some things in game that are, that are different, right, that are new. And that's when our players really have to trust their training. That's when they have to fall back on their, their fundamentals, right, the training that we put them through through training camp and where the rules apply to each run and, and block it to their capability. And then on the sideline, we can get those things fixed. And so I think we can mature in in that in that frame of like hey we're going to practice our runs this week versus the variety of things we think we're going to get if something outlandish comes out if we just trust our training we stick to our fundamentals and techniques we should cover them up it might not be the ideal run versus that specific look or that front then that's where we have to adapt and we have to adjust as a coaching staff and, and maybe get them to something different yeah i mean you're not gonna come up with something you're not gonna see anything exotic against uh, against Texas run game. You're not going to see a two-man front, you know what I'm saying, and everybody else dropping in the linebacker area. I mean, there's just little nuances to what they change up. I mean, he when he comes in his press conference, sometimes he makes it like these, these exotic changes that we've never, ever seen on film. We didn't know what to do, and it took us a while. No, they're not exotic moves. They're just a little tinkering that you, your guys should be able to do. It. It's a part of what they've seen and what they understand. If the guy isn't right here and he's just slightly shaded here or there on the defensive line, then those other rules apply to what you've been been, been talking about. They're not exotic changes. He understands that. But, man, sometimes it, it, it sounds like he's seeing things that he's never seen in football before, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, like last year, Texas beat Baylor here in Austin to close out the regular season. But Baylor's defense did some things that gave the Texas offensive line fits. Uh, a lot of false fronts, a lot of twists and stunts. It's some of the stuff that Rice did so successfully against Texas in the first half in the season opener. Uh, I think they got that from what Baylor did last year. Yeah, I mean, I, and BK, you're right. I expect Baylor to do twists and stunts in the run game. Well, if they if they get out of their lanes when they twist and stunts, and your guys are on them, you can see some big you can see some big plays. Those are the ones that I used to love. I mean, I as a running back coach, having Ricky Williams and Priest Holmes, I would love when I'd see a nine-man front and you were really going to blitz in there, and I said, if you get out of your lanes with those two guys coming through there and you think it's the one-on-one and all you can have is an arm out there, you're probably going to end up with a broken arm and one of those guys are going to the house. I love I love when you put up eight-man fronts. I'm, I'm not one of those guys that say, okay, they've got eight up. we got it one-on-ones outside. Let's throw the ball. I'm like, oh, no. You, you got your blitz runs. Bring it. Because if your guys better be – your guys had better be conscious of – if they're out of their lanes, what can happen if you have really good backs? And I think Jonathan Brooks is one of those type of kids. If, you don't, if you're not squared up in the hole because you've made a move and get out of a lane, if you just got a piece of your body there, he's going to butcher that arm. He's going to go right through that. So, yeah. Brian, bring on, bring on your run stunts. I, I love it. I love it. I, and I especially loved it against the counter play when your guys got washed down and your guys stunned it and he took the wrong gap on a, on a counter play. And it ended up being a gaping hole there. 
and your guy didn't even have to block it. He could just pass him up and go on through with your guard or your tackle. So bring on all your stunts. Bring on all your run stunts. But they're not so exotic that you haven't seen them before or your players have never seen them before, but they're going to do it. They're going to make sure that you're disciplined enough in your run game and your offensive line is disciplined enough to go by the rules that they have too. That, yep. okay, if he's not there, he's not in that gap. I just need to move right along and, and still do some things that, that need to be done. You can't, they, they're not all exotic run game stuff. It's not. Yeah. I, I don't know if Baylor's going to go blitz heavy early on. Right. I think they might drop three safeties over the top. Like- oh, you know, they're going to be scared. You're right about that because if they show all those, all those guys where they got them all at the line of scrimmage, Sark is then going to, going to counter with, can you cover my guys one-on-one? Well, Texas is going to, excuse me, Baylor's going to do what Wyoming did and what Rice yeah. did to have success against Quinn Ewers and Texas. They're going to so, put their guys on the move then. Yeah, well, yeah, they're going to put, uh, they might drop eight on a lot of plays. They're going to have three safeties deep back there. Uh, they might only rush three or four more often than not, and they'll try the twist and the stunts too. So I don't know if Baylor's is, like, they're going to do what worked for them last year against this Texas team. And they're also going to try some things that, you know, has been put on film this year with what Wyoming was able to do successfully against Texas's offense and with what, you know, Rice was able to do successfully against Texas's offense. So and they're uh, definitely, expect and, that, Sark. Yes. Expect and, that. Well, and expect their offense to run the ball at you in the beginning of the games to find out if your guys are ready for the run. You know, yep. like the Wyoming running back that ran down the field, up and down the field in the first quarter. Expect them to run with their sophomore sensation running back. They're going to do that. They don't, they don't, they're not going to want to pass against you. They're going to want to find out if you're fit and ready for the run, run game early in the game, or you're going to wait until the second half to stop all that, that madness. So mm-hmm. they will run it at you. They've got a capable runner to do just that. Does Baylor have anything capable right now? Just this, just the semi run game. That's about it. They're not going to be able to drop back and pass the ball. They can't protect the quarterback whoever the quarterback's going to be. Oh, it's going to be their backup. Blake Shapin is out for at least one more week. So for the second week in a row, the Longhorns will be going up against somebody's number two quarterback. Sawyer Robertson has been the guy for Baylor. Well, we know this, BK. You can't let let him sit back in a rocking chair. you got to go attack him, or he'll be throwing eight, eight, eight-yard hitches all day long. Right. The nickel and dimers, oh. like uh, Swobata did last yes. week for Wyoming. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, uh, before we get to Howard Griffith of the Big Ten Network, who's about to join us here to talk Mel Tucker, to preview the big Ohio State-Notre Dame game coming up this weekend, and just to talk all things college football, let's give some shout-outs to some of our great sponsors. Bucky, how about the fine folks out in B-Cave, the Covert family in B-Cave? Yeah, we love them. We love them for pregame shows. Of course, we love what they do and what they're doing for us when we have our home games and our meet-and-greet. We love everything about uh, the Cobra family and what they do. And right now out in V caves, they got three state of the art auto dealerships carrying seven brands, Buick's GMC's Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. It's all out there for you. And they've got an incredible 86 service base throughout and the waiting time minimal folks. When you're going to put your car in the shop, believe me, I don't care if you're just going to change the oil. You don't want to be sitting around there for hours. You want to get it in and get it out. And at Cobra's, they've got something for everybody out there. For more information, go to covertsbcave.com. And don't forget Covert's out there in Huddle. Covert Ford and Covert Chevy in Huddle and Covert Ford and Covert Lincoln right here in Austin. While you're out there, say hello to Dan and Mike and Stacy and the whole gang. And nobody beats a Covert deal. Not now, not ever. And they've been doing it since 1909. How about that? 
pretty good run. That's about as long as you've been alive, right? I was getting ready to say close to my age, yes. Uh, I think it is your age right there. All right, shout out to Covert BK. Many thanks to them. Also, shout out to our friends at SendTextTickets.com. If you're looking for tickets to Texas Baylor this weekend, they've got them for you on site right now at SendTextTickets.com. Every game, every team, all season long. And it's not just college football. They've got the NFL and Major League Baseball and the NHL and every sport. Concert tickets, ACL Music Festival tickets, Broadway show tickets. They've got them all. On site at SendTextTickets.com. Shout out to them. Shout out to our guy, Ashish. Buck, did you get your hard copy of the Statesman yesterday? No, but I did get my Olipop. Did you? Yes, sir. Come on. Yeah, yes, sir. I got it at HEB, but they're at 7-Elevens. Everything you need is at 7-Eleven. But I did slide a slice of pizza in there from 7-Eleven yesterday. You did say you were going to. I did, and it was delicious. Of course it, it was. I don't know. People are saying, you eat pizza from 7-Eleven. Well, hell yeah. I eat everything from 7-Eleven. I don't miss out. And yes, I did have a little slice from 7-Eleven, and it was delicious, folks. Mm. Did you get one of them taquitos or one of those hot dogs? Don't mess with the rotisserie hot dogs. I don't play that game. Why not? No, no, no. I'm a pizza guy. I don't do taquitos. I don't do burritos or... Frito pies or corny dogs. I'm not exotic. I don't like things fancied up. Okay. A slice of pizza is just fine. You Man, like I, to fancy I, things up. I've been trying to convince girls for years that corn dogs are exotic. And now I have my proof. Oh, I've yeah. been trying to eat all this shit. And it's like, oh, these are this is great food. This is fine dining right here. No. Right? No, it's not our dining experience. And we're going to Whataburger or something. Yeah. Complain. But now, according to you, stuff like that is exotic so thank you yes, for being absolutely. on my side we love oh, we love those folks yes we, we do tell me, tell, tell me more about olipop man they're sending us some more drinks and they're sending us some gear too for us to rock on this show olipop you, gear olipop gear baby coming our way nice i like it i i enjoyed the uh the cherry flavored i'm i'm i was when i drank soda yes folks i liked grape i like cherry cherry cola Heck, I used to drink uh, a, a drink called Cheer Wine, and they've got that at Specs, as a matter of fact. Cheer Wine, I used to put peanuts in it, shake it up, and drink it. Delicious. I have, I have, I have an exotic palate, BK, for certain things, and drinks are one. And I had an Olipop uh, cherry. It was delicious yesterday. You, you put peanuts in wine? Can you explain that story it's again? It's called please? Cheer Wine. It's not. It's, it's a soda. It really isn't. It's not wine. It says Cheer Wine, but it's not. It's um, it's a soda, very sweet soda, almost like a Dr. Pepper taste to it, but cherry. Drink that as a kid. And that's why I am what I am today, because of that, growing up drinking that soda. Wow. Okay. Well, don't drink that anymore. Uh, no. Olipop instead. No. They've got ingredients that are good for you. They do. It actually is good for you. That's why Olipop is legit. I'm texting Howard Griffith right now, Buck. I'm not okay. completely ignoring you. But Olipop... It's the best, man. It's a new kind of soda. And like the buck said, you're actually getting health benefits from drinking this stuff. Nine grams of fiber in every can, only two to five grams of sugar in every can. And they've got a ton of great flavors. Like the buck talked about the cherry cola. They've got grape. They've got classic cola, root beer, lemon lime, cream soda. So many options. A ginger ale one as well. If that's your vibe, they've got you covered at Olipop. You can get it at HEB, at Target, Whole Foods, Costco, Walmart, wherever you get your groceries. You can find some Olipop 
It's BK approved. It's the buck approved now, it sounds like. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy it as well. Many thanks to our friends at Olipop for sponsoring us here. At Texas. Right, while, while you're trying to get up grip, let me tell, yeah. you, tell the folks about Sue Patrick. Uh, been around since 1975. And what they've done is someone saw me wearing one of the Sue Patrick golf shirts the other day. And it's, it's Texas Longhorn theme, but it's got a little Longhorn, teeny little Longhorns all over it, you know, and they're, you know, they combine and they connect to each other. So someone was asking me about that shirt. Well, Jay Willems over there, Sue Patrick's son, decided, hey, let's put these on all of the guys at Texas Sports Unfiltered. And they gave us a bunch of those, 10 to 12. And even for the ladies, they've got them, polos and golf shirts. And these things are just dynamite. People are at, and now they're just about sold out, BK, but we have ours. And you can get them over at Sue Patrick's. They've been around since 1975. They've got that incredible selection of Texas Longhorn apparel, uh, collectibles, accessories, and even more. And they've got tons of Texas-themed gifts and a wide variety of men's and women's clothing. They offer free shipping uh, for their online orders of $49 or more, curbside delivery. But do drop by the store. If you've got an opportunity to drop by that store, you can find anything that you want. Christmas gifts. I mean, they've already got Christmas stuff up and ready to go. They're located at 5222 Burnett Road. Or check them out at suepatrick.com. Yeah, many thanks to Sue Patrick and the great oh, team yeah. over there for hooking us up. Excited to see those shirts, man. Those those things uh, sound you pretty me with that. That's a nice-looking shirt, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they really are. They really are. They've got a great selection of all sorts of UT stuff and all sorts of great gifts for anybody in your family. Uh, all right, we've got a couple of comments. Somebody's asking you how many national championships does you, did you win, Buck? Uh, I've won none as a, as a coach of a – a high, uh, of, of college, but I did win a semi-pro national championship that I coached in Austin, Texas. We beat a team from Philadelphia, was the two-time defending coach. I did that in year number one of existence for the Austin Knights, yes. There you go. Great job. So, Eric, stop taking shots at Bucky. He is a championship-winning coach. How many championships have you won, pal? Uh-oh. That guy's mad at you. He's like, oh, he lost to Rice. He shouldn't be able to criticize anybody's play calling. Uh, Not I don't well, think we, what we do is criticize. We just critique what's going on and what we see. Agreed. hundred percent. All right. And I, hey. coach, and I have coached longer than you, Eric, probably. I, I probably would, coached I the guess. game of football a lot longer. You've been alive a lot longer than anybody most. hearing oh. the sound of your voice right now. Too. <laughs> <laughs> and we know you've been alive longer than our next guest because you coached him. I will let you introduce our next guest, Buck. That's right. He is just like one of my kids. He is an amazing young man still. Still calling him a young man because everybody's a young man to me. <laughs> Played for me at the University of Illinois. He is a two-time Super Bowl winner, an author, a graduate of the University of Illinois. Uh, Howard Griffith. Howard Griffith, how are you, my friend? I'm good, fellas. How you guys doing this morning? Doing fantastic. He also is a part of the Big Ten Network. That's right, the Big Ten Network that's stealing, <laughs> stealing teams from the Pac-12 now, bringing in all the best of the best. <laughs> Yes, yeah, we've got so many teams, it's ridiculous. I don't know how we're going to be able to keep up, but we'll figure it out, I'm sure. Griff, it's been a crazy, crazy couple of months in the Big Ten. You know, with things yeah. that are going on in the Northwestern. Yeah. Uh, but also now Michigan State, they're going back to repeat themselves. They've had problems over years at Michigan State, but now their, their head coach, Mel Tucker, who, who got in on an incredible, not guaranteed contract. I don't want to say that. He's not in the NFL. That contract's yeah. not guaranteed that uh, right now Mel Tucker looks like he's in a lot of trouble 
Yeah, it's um, Michigan State, from an administrative standpoint, yesterday started the process of uh, firing him with cause. They gave him that information, he and his attorney, yesterday. So that process is underway, although uh, they're still waiting for the hearing, which will be October 5th and 6th. But they have already started the process of uh, firing Mel Tucker with cause. You know, I mean, Horny does have a price. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, somebody told me yesterday, Horny has no price. It should. It has a price. And Mel Tucker, when this all goes down and when he loses his job, that is, a, that is quite a price to pay. And it's, it's unfortunate if, if that's what yeah. went on. But we'll find out because there, there's going to be a lot of settlements. There'll be a lot of, you know, a lot of things that will go on in the meantime. But the university has to do what's best for the university. Yeah. By the way, Mel Tucker's losing football games. He's not winning football games. So some would say if he's winning games, some of this may just move on. And that's not a good thing either. It really yeah, is. Buck is Buck is it's an interesting, um, interesting situation that Mel Tucker finds himself in, and really Michigan finds themselves in. Michigan fan, Michigan State fans. When you think go back a couple of years when he signed that contract, he they just come off of an unbelievable season. Yep. Uh, and you really thought that they were on strong footing. Now you knew, you know, there's some things that went, were going right. Right. Michigan hadn't adjusted and gone on this run they've been on for the last, what, two, three years, yep. at least two years now that they've been on. Penn State is now coming on. Um, all right, and keep in mind, we're, we're talking about $95 million over 10 years. And now you bring in USC, you bring in UCLA, you're bringing in Washington and Oregon. So let's just say all those places are, are maximizing their resources and, and doing what they need to do on the football field. Well, Ohio State, Penn State, right, and, and, and Michigan aren't going anywhere. Washington looks unbelievable right now. Oregon is playing at an unbelievable high level right now. You look at USC, where they're playing, and we haven't even gotten to, you know, whether Wisconsin's able to make the jump. Maryland looks like they're ready to make the jump. So you're paying $95 million to a coach and invest it into your program, and you still may be in the seventh, eighth spot. That's hard to swallow. Uh, from an administrative standpoint. Now, I believe Mel Tucker is worth it. I, I do. I think he can, he's proven that he can build a, build a team. Uh, you look at what he's been, was able to do in a transfer portal. I think he really got his team moving this year in the right direction, but he had to keep recruiting and doing some of those things. So, but where people were always, I think, going to have a problem with the amount of money that he was being paid and what the expectations are for that type of money. So, it was really a tough situation, but at the end of the day, it comes down to being able to make good decisions and you kind of put yourself in a situation where it's come to this, right? So he would have been paid had he just lost football games and none of this has happened. That's right. And they still would have paid him. And from that respect, his contract would have been guaranteed as long as he didn't give him any, any, any cause for, for terminating his contract. So I think a lot of fans will look at it like, man, you just fumbled $95 million or $80 million bag and, you know, it was placed right at your feet. So, you know, he'll have to deal with that and he'll have to, you know, adjust his life to what he's going to do next as far as coaching is concerned if that is something he still wants to do. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he, he'll get an opportunity to, to coach. I mean, coaches have done worse things than Mel Tucker has done. Yes. But 
when you if, if you're sexually harassing a, a lady who's been, you know, has been sexually harassed before in her life. And that's yeah. what she she has built her, you know, her living on talking to people about sexual harassment. Yeah. You, you're like that's like the mistake of a lifetime. I mean, really, dude, that, yeah. that's, you know, whether it's consensual or not, you don't have these conversations because in my mind, what I think is maybe totally different from what other people think about this this whole case with that. I think it's a two. It sounds like a two way street. There are a lot of phone calls being made because after a while, you don't even take a phone call. You don't have connections yeah. with somebody. If, if you're being harassed, eventually you just have to say, I'm, I'm not answering the phone. Hey, there's old horny Mel calling me up today. Yeah. Guess what? I'm not taking that phone call. I, I don't do I'm not going to do that. So to me, there's something going on a lot deeper than that. But when you have the responsibility of, of young people like Mel, yeah. like he has right now, how, he, how does he go into somebody's home and a mother say, uh, Coach Tucker, I got a, I got enough problems with my horny teenager. I don't mm -hmm. even have a horny coach. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you, you know, know you, bring up, you bring up a valid point. And I think that's why at the end of the day, Michigan State has made the moves that they've made. Because not only that, but if you're ultimately – you're, you're, you're charged as a, as a coach, period, um, you know, with the responsibility of trying to guide these young people. And listen, it's, it's 130 of them now. Yes. And you're responsible for the coaches. You're responsible, you know, for the athletic trainers. You're responsible for a lot of people. Like, yes, you have, um, you have people underneath that they're answering to as well, but you can't have – your head football coach in a situation like this and it's it's again it more will come out in october but there were some things that probably happened that this you know they shouldn't have clearly i mean yeah. they, they they decided to investigate this and and once it got out once it was leaked I, I think that's another important part of this yes is that there was information that was leaked that really started the ball rolling before we would have gotten to maybe October or fifth and sixth, that it was the reason that this ultimately came out, you know, 10, 12 days ago uh, in the first place. But at the end of the day, you, you can't uh, sexual, sexually harass anyone. And if those are charges, those need to be proven. And really in this October 6th and 5th uh, and 6th, I don't know if anything's going to be proven, right. but more information is going to come out. And since it's a state university, we're all going to be able to, uh, to get that information, unlike the situation at Northwestern when we really don't know. It'll be up mm -hmm. to Northwestern if they decide they want to release that information to the public. Great point. Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network joining us here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Howard, where does Michigan State go from here? I mean, they've already announced an interim coach. You said yeah. it. They've, they've basically made their decision to move on from Mel mm -hmm. Tucker. Uh, is the plan roll with the interim coach, then conduct a coaching search this offseason? Could Mark D'Antonio, their former coach, be in play? I know he's kind of a consultant up there right yeah. now. How do you see this thing ultimately playing out for Michigan State? Well, I, I think right now Harlan Barnett is, is in charge of, of the program. He's going to lead the program, been with – you know, Michigan State, as he played there, as coached there for the longest with Coach D'Antonio, kind of cut his teeth in coaching uh, with Nick Saban when he, he GA'd for Nick Saban. So he's been around when Nick was at LSU. So he's been around. He understands the game. But I, I, I think from Michigan State's standpoint, this is, to me, a big a, a quality job that a lot of people are going to want a piece of. This isn't. This isn't a job where you have to come in and 
you've got to beg for some resources for the indoor facility. You need to new this, new that. They've already said that they're committing, right, to, to winning by paying Coach Tucker that kind of money in the mm -hmm. first place. So I think you shoot for the moon, right? You, you call all the people who you know will probably say no, and then you start to come back down the list. But I think this will be a highly sought-after job by a lot of coaches that are out there. And, and I think from Michigan State's perspective as well, they need to figure out, do they want to go with a young hotshot offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator? I don't think this is a place that needs a veteran guy. Sorry about that, guys. That has um, – that's um, – built programs you mm -hmm. don't need the quote-unquote build uh, program builder to to come into Michigan State you need to decide whether you want to be a, an offensive juggernaut to be able to compete against Michigan be able to compete against Ohio State and Penn State the way they are built right now uh, and, and and now you talk about USC and and Oregon and Washington so I, I probably see uh, one of these young offensive minds someone that's probably been around a program that has a large back office, which Michigan State does right now. I mean, yeah. you talk about people that are evaluating uh, the transfer portal. You talk about all the things they're doing in engagement as far as student athletes uh, are concerned. I think you look around at college athletics, you look at some of the hot names that are out there, or young people, and, and I think they're going to want this job because it, it is a high, to me, it is a high caliber job. The one name I would throw out there is, is Sean Lewis, uh, that's at Colorado. He was at Kent, had success there, has been able to do a lot of things. I think you look at, you know, some guys, coordinators also in the conference right now. Manny Diaz, if you want a defensive guy who has head coaching experience at Penn State, would be very interesting. Sharon Moore would be very interesting. BK shaking his head. No, yeah, I'm shaking his head. I know. Manny I understand. Diaz. I'm just saying, Manny Diaz. I'm just saying, the right now, Manny's on a roll as yes, a coordinator. He, he's really rolling. So, you know, is, is that somebody you would be interested in? You know, Gaddis at, at Maryland, is that somebody? You, is, so I, I just think this is – the net is going to be so wide uh, for this because this isn't – again, like I said earlier, I don't think this is a situation where you need to find that guy that can can go build and has built, built before someplace else. Yeah, Howard, uh, and, and the rest of the Big Ten right now, I mean, the game coming up this week – you know, you spoke highly earlier about Ohio State and Notre Dame, but the Fighting Irish under Sam Hartman right now are on a roll. They're on a roll defensively. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Their, their young head coach in his second year mm -hmm. has found that magic, and that magic was finding a quarterback that can, can do it. And we knew what Sam Hartman was at Wake Forest. He was a dynam dynamic player at Wake Forest. They had great mm -hmm. wide receivers. And it looks like he's in tune to the wide. I don't know if they have great wide receivers at Notre Dame, mm -hmm. but they have solid guys, and they have a great, uh, great quarterback right now. Yeah, I'll tell you what: the, the wide receivers are going to be that are that are in high school right now are, are looking at Notre Dame probably more so than they have been. But to me, it really speaks to how important it is that when you're recruiting to make sure you get the quarterback position right, mm -hmm. because that position changes the entire dynamic uh, of what you're not only your, the team, not just your offense, but your team, because now, you know, if you've got a good defense, you know, that outstanding quarterback or that pro potential first round quarterback is also getting that defense ready because they're probably not going to see a guy 
as talented as him when you look when they look down the schedule. Maybe you see one. But that's what what's happening there. You know, Notre Dame has always been, you know, one of those places where it's win a national championship or bust. And you know, it's unfortunate, but that's that's really what it is. So you have to make sure you get that quarterback position right. And Sam Hartman has got that thing really humming. And you talk about Ohio State, they still have questions. They got off, they did a great job last week, but they still have a lot of questions defensively. Uh, whether or not they haven't been giving up the big plays, but you know, they haven't been able to get off the football field. You know, they've really struggled offensively staying on the football field, minus last week's game. They did a great job last week, but before that, I think coming into the last week, they were uh, converting about 24% of the time on, on offense. And that's unheard of. And, and what that's done for them or done to them, it's affected their scoring ability uh, because they're not getting as many plays. They're not getting as many opportunities. And that's one of the things I can tell you that, that Ryan Day is concerned about and has been concerned about since the beginning of the season. So they've, they've got to find a way to be able to stay on the field and get off the field. Because this Notre Dame team, they, they're physical up front. They can run the football. Uh, Coach Rudolph, who came over from uh, Wisconsin, is, is really, I think, taking that, that offensive line to a, to a new level. And, and clearly what they're doing offensively is, is you know, causing some problems for some teams. Yeah, they're glad to get rid of Tommy Reese. I guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Howard Griffith of the Big Ten Network joining us here on Bucky and BK. Uh, Howard, are, are you a little surprised? One more question on that game. That's obviously the biggest game yeah. in the Big Ten and maybe the biggest game in the country this weekend. Yep. Um, are you surprised that Ohio State is a road favorite going into South Bend? No. Um, I think you, you look at last year's game. Uh, I think when you look at all of a sudden, this is one of the perfect positions, right, where Vegas is, is trying to move the money, right? You're going into – you're going into South Bend, and you know Notre Dame has played so well, so they're they're going to get this Ohio State money going. But I'm really not surprised because I, I think there's still questions that this Notre Dame team has to answer. Right, uh, Ryan Day has proven a lot. I mean, he he's done an unbelievable job at, at Ohio State, and he's unfortunately lost some games to to Michigan. But people have a lot of respect for what Michigan is doing, so I don't know if they have that level of respect for. Notre Dame. This will be the biggest week for, I think, them to change the perception. I, I think uh, people really have a great deal of respect for Marcus Friedman. He wins this game. Uh, it goes to a higher level, right? He, you say, okay, well, you know, because this is a big, I mean, it's a, think about this. I mean, as young as he is coaching Notre Dame, <laughs> you know, with yeah. no head coaching experience, uh, and this is his first, first time, and, and Buck, you know, when first time you know, being in a, a head coach and being in that corner office and at, at any place, let alone a place that, you know, has the, you know, the, the world looking at them all the time about everything they do. So I think that's part of it, but this is going to be a great test. It is probably the best game this week. And we'll find a lot, find out a lot about both teams because I still have, you know, Michigan and Penn state ahead of Ohio state. Yeah. After a couple of weeks, I, I still do myself. So because I have questions. Yeah. So, we'll, so that, we'll that corner office, that corner office, Howard, with uh, James Franklin in it, you yeah. believe is it is it for real this year? I mean, is that I, I, I like the young quarterback. Yeah. Obviously, I like the receivers and I love the running backs there. Yeah. But, and the offensive line's got three NFL players on it. But defensively, <laughs> they lose so much, you know, in the NFL. They lose these cornerbacks that have been fantastic. Yeah. Yes. 
I mean, is it going to be enough or are we going to see people just wanting to cut the head off of James Franklin after this year? Look, I think people I think people have always wanted to cut the head off of James Franklin for whatever reason. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but you look at his you look at his record. He's won all the games that he's supposed to win, except right. for Ohio yeah, those State two. and Michigan. Right. And, you know, and it, it's crazy. But, you know, that's that's where we are. Right. And um, but I do believe that he has this this team has been his best team. This has probably been the best team. This is our 17th year covering it for the Big Ten Network. This is the best team that I've seen Penn State have. Um, and, yes, they lost a lot to the NFL. But, man, they've got a kid, Abdul Carter. And, and I have to be careful with this, right? Because we, we all remember LeVar Arrington. Yes. You know, phenomenal. Unbelievable player. So they had this story that came out. They call it Stick City. The guys that, that have worn or are wearing number 11. Woo! They've got this, <laughs> this Abdul Carter. They're not thinking he's Micah Parsons, are they? I'm telling you he's Michael Parsons. I wow. am telling you he is. He's not Michael Parsons, who we, who we see in right now in the yeah. NFL. He's not that guy. But he is the college But man. he's real. He's the real deal. And he's learning. And this is really his second year. And this dude can rush the passer. He can cover the backs out of the backfield tight ends that he can do it. He is so athletic and he still has a ways to go and got a lot of growth in him, mm -hmm. man, he is special. But the reason I brought up LeVar Arrington, um, cause we always talk about, you know, we'll talk about Buck, you know, this linebacker, you. Yep. And as great as LeVar Arrington was at playing that game to watch where Mark Micah Parsons is and Abdul Carter it's just amazing the difference in athleticism and just yes. where the game has gone. And to me, that's one of the things that has stuck out to me this entire year when I watch you know, how dominant LeVar was as a, as a player. And then you look at some of these young guys and just what they're able to do. It's, it's unbelievable at, at his size, <laughs> you know, at the same size of a guy like uh, LeVar Arrington played at. So I, to say that, they've got a first-rounder in the secondary. The King is unbelievable. They've got the dudes. And, again, Manny Diaz, Chop uh, Robinson on the defensive line, if they want to get after the quarterback, they, they'll be able to do it because this team is built to harass quarterbacks and make things tough, to beat teams like Ohio State, USC, teams that want to spread it out. Now, they'll have problems versus a team like Michigan that will get in two tights on you and, mm -hmm. and try to be physical at the point of attack. But we'll see whether they they up the ante there. We'll get a chance to see you know where they are in those type of games when those two match up. Griff, what do you wow. see from the, from the University of Texas and the Texas Longhorns? Maybe I don't know oh how much goodness. you've seen them. But what do you what do you, what do you like about what you've seen? Man, I mean the athleticism to me, it looks like they really have upgraded the talent. It's taking some time, mm -hmm. but it looks like the you know, your quarterback. <laughs> he looks like he's the real deal. Um, you know, he's kind of grown into his position, but there's just so many guys that, that can run. And, and, and you were telling me the other day, I was watching, I'm like, look, they're not even playing at their, their, their best level on the defensive side of the ball yet. No, and I'm like, wow. So, I mean, that, that kind of tells you, and it, it takes time. It takes time to build these things. But if you've got the guy under center, again, he's not only going to help 
you know, your own offense, but he's going to help your defense because if you can move around, you obviously got the backs there to, to make things happen. Uh, it's hard to beat teams when they have a, a an elite quarterback under center who's comfortable with where he is and understands, you know, he has the backing of his teammates and the coaching staff and not looking over his shoulder. And Howard, when you, when you lose a guy like B. John Robinson to the NFL and you've got what I think people consider journeyman playing running back, for mm -hmm. you, that's incredible to be number three in the nation, ranked number three. Yeah. Cause that guy was unbelievable. He was just, he was just amazing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You I, know, I think it's I always know. tough when you have, um, you know, generational type talent at that position and those guys that are coming up behind them. And, and yeah. unfortunately we're forced to compare them to, to that, you know, elite athlete that doesn't come around every day. Um, you know, Michigan state went through that same thing with Kenneth Walker. I mean, they got good backs there, but everybody wants to talk about Kenneth Walker. So, you know, it's one of those things, but when you have the backs when you can throw it and, and man, they're going to cause some problems. With uh, and they can score fast and they move the football. So as long as they can stay healthy and I think you yep. know, mistake free on the offensive guy, they're going to be right in the middle of this thing. Yep. Last thing, Howard. We know you're busy, so really appreciate the time. But got to ask you for a Coach Godbold story, man. We didn't ask you for any <laughs> last time we had you on, but you know this guy better than just about anybody, and you got to know him back in the day. What's uh, one of your favorite? Coach and he was stories. drinking back in the day. <laughs> yeah, remember how I am twenty three years sober now. Yes, so. yes, yes. He's had he'd have a few pops back in the day. You know what's funny? I, I think that one of the things we started to do. I, I don't know what happened, but we started to have this film night. Running backs would go watch watch a movie, whatever the movie was. We'd go after meetings, watch a movie, uh, and then that turned into it just morphed. It just wasn't running backs, then the wide receiver. Next thing you know, the offense is in there. And now all of a sudden we got this huge room, but it was because of Bucky. But then we'd go on these dumb walks, what we thought were just dumb <laughs> walks. In the morning, he gets everybody up. I think he just wanted to make sure we were all still in the hotel. Yeah. That was just his way of trying to, to keep track of us. But he'd have us get up early in the morning, take this long walk, and, and just talk about the game which was really cool. And now you hear so many teams talk about it um, that, that do that. You know, Ohio State's one of those teams that, that gets up and, and does walk around uh, just to, you know, get the juices flowing and, you know, just to get out of the hotel. But, you know, there were a lot of, a lot of I thought, you know, great things that he was doing early that now teams are, are still duplicating. You know, it's just about, you know, try to continue to, uh, to create that bond Around and this here's the other here's the real. Hey part. Howard, nobody works on that seven man sled. There ain't no running back coach yeah. in America working on a seven yeah. man sled. We, we get, we, you know what? They're not listen. They're, they're not selling a seven man sled down at the uh, at the conventions and stuff. No, they're, they're not selling that anymore. They got these other contraptions oh, okay. that they're selling. So the sled is too big, takes up too much room. So you God. can't do that. So one uh, BK, there were uh, two running backs that were coming out. And we used to, we also used to grade the speakers. Bucky would bring speakers in and we grade the speakers, right? <laughs> so Bucky brings a guy in one time. Uh, I forgot, I'm blanking on Greg's name right now, but he played before us and he had gone on and he worked for Nike. Well, I had a problem with him. I was mad at him from, I think, my, my sophomore year, my fresh, redshirt freshman year. I knew I wasn't getting many reps, but I knew that if I went in and played seven, I knew what that play was. 
<laughs> right? Because I've already been on the script. I'm not going to screw this up. Yeah. Problem was, Bucky said, hey, go do play eight. And I'm looking around like, oh, I don't know play eight. <laughs> and I'm like, Greg, 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 what's the play? What's the play? I'm not telling you. I said, what? <laughs> How are you not going to tell me to play? So he didn't tell me. I eventually got to play. But I held that against him. So he was working for Nike. He came back, spoke to the team, and I told all the running backs we're going to give him a zero just because he, <laughs> just because this dude didn't tell me to play three years yeah. earlier. So I held a wow. grudge against him for that one. And then we got the running back story, right? This will be quick. Ricky Powers is coming out. And who was the other one? Ohio State. Ah, why am I blanking on his name? Oh, shoot. Smith. It didn't matter. We beat them every time we played them. This is true. Bucky would call. He put video on who. Okay, which one of these guys you like? Who do you like? <laughs> you like this guy? You like that guy? Nope, don't like this one. This one's good. Get this guy. Ricky Powers. We didn't get him. He ended up going to Michigan, having a really uh, nice career there. But, um, yeah, so we, we had some fun. We had some good times. But we brought a guy from Racine. <laughs> Wagner Lester. Wagner Lester. And you didn't even recruit him. Now you you weren't able to recruit him. <laughs> Wagner Racine, Lester. Racine, Wisconsin. Racine, Wisconsin. Yeah. Wagner Lester. Boy, he was a he was a piece of work. <laughs> Bucky had this other kid down that came. His brother kid from Canada. Bucky. Oh yeah, Mark Qualls. <laughs> but here was the guy you brought in. He was he ended up walking on, and he he told his dad told Bucky, "Hey, that's your starter." Talking about me and one of the other players. Those are your starters? Oh, all my son needs is 18 inches of daylight. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, he never saw the field in Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Never saw the field. Not even on special teams, but he mm -hmm. thought he was the best thing around. Uh, it's usually yeah. how those stories end, right? There. We got a lot of stories, though, but oh, I mean, we, yeah, we'll party. save some. Yeah, some of them party stories that had to come in there and break up, too. Oh, hey, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get out of here. Yeah, so Buck was Buck was the, the first line of defense for the police department, right? So you call Bucky first. The police, they weren't, they knew if it's a football party, you call Bucky first. Then Bucky makes the assessment of whether or not you need to let John Makovic know. <laughs> now, here's the beauty of it. John Makovic said very early on, now, guys, just just tell me the truth. Whether <laughs> yeah. it's whether it's Good or bad, tell me the truth. Because I'm telling you, when I get the story, and if it's different from your story, you're yeah. going to be the one with the problem. <laughs> so we knew pretty early Buck had a lot of work he needed to do to yeah. come over and get some of those late-night calls to come over and fix oh. things. What are you guys out here doing? Unfortunately, Coach, we're drinking and partying. <laughs> yeah. Can you go home? You, yeah, you guys might want to go home. No, nah, we can't. We, we can't do that. <laughs> and you never tell the coach or the parent the truth, right? They always try to get <laughs> oh, you at that. Right. Like, That's what they get. You. Less trouble if you just ah uh, no, yeah, we don't. It's call not gonna for work. That. It's not gonna work. You got to make sure you have all your bases covered uh, if yep. you were gonna I'll not tell this. the truth. I'll just say this: Austin police were a lot more cooperative than what happened there in Champaign or Banna police. They yeah. were different back there now. Yeah, it was a little. It was a different time. It, it really yeah. was, and, and I, I'd say this: uh, there were some spots if you were coming from Chicago to Champaign, yeah, that uh, you were told, uh, "Don't get off at this exit. Make sure you get gas before <laughs> you get here. Before you get to Kankakee, Kankakee was the last spot you could get gas, or they suggested that you get gas, and then after that, you better wait till you get to Champaign." But 
listen, it, it was a different time, but I, I still think, you know, it was a learning experience. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, everything wasn't perfect, but uh, I wouldn't trade those times at the University of Illinois for anything. That's awesome. Howard, Good great time, stories, man. man. Yeah. Great stuff as always. Man, almost 40 minutes with you this morning. Really appreciate <laughs> your time. That was awesome. All right, fellas, yeah. take care. Enjoy the yep. weekend. Tell everybody hello. Will do. All right, we'll do. Do the same. Take care. Yeah, Howard. There he goes. The great Howard Griffith of the Big Ten Network, talking all things college football and also sharing some great stories from his time with the Buck back in the, what, late 80s, early 90s? That's when Griff would have been late at 80s. Illinois? Yeah, late 80s, or early 90s, first, you know, 90, 91. He was, he was special, man. He was a special player. He was a special young guy. I mean, a lot of things were said to me about that guy right there and that he wouldn't graduate. He's not going to amount to very much. And he ended up being an author, a two-time Super Bowl champ, you know, scored more touchdowns in one game than anybody in the history of college football and, and just a great father. I mean, he's, he's done, he's done a lot for the game and he's taken a lot from the game, but he's done a lot giving back to the game of football and, and just to young people. So yeah, those movie nights were, and those walks, I mean, I just decided that if we had a seven o'clock game, say we were on TV or something, BK, I'd get these fools up and we'd go for about a mile walk and talk about the game and they're doing, we don't want to go for no walk. They acted like they, you know, and they just, they just couldn't take it. And I used to do the, the, the night before the game movies, you know, and it just was us at first. And then it all of a sudden became the entire team. But what coach in the world would bring bags of like if you bags of candy like it was to kids, like for a movie? I mean, we'd watch these horrible movies and they would have bags of passing the Tootsie Rolls and things like that. Nice pregame meal. I used to catch mm. all kinds of grief about you're feeding these guys this crap the night before the game. I said they're kids. They're just like anybody else. They need a little energy boost. We had the, I had the greatest time in, in Champagne with those guys. And roughneck guys from Chicago, just tough kids growing up in some tough environments. Oh, you know, man. good stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Shout out to Howard Griffith. Thanks to him for his time and great stories as well. All right, before we shift gears and talk some Dallas Cowboys football, because, Buck, you asked me an interesting question before we started our show this morning. Let's give some love to a few more sponsors. How about a recorded spot first from our guy Tom McKay, who was listening this morning, by the way. He did ask about Relax the Back. He's like, I need that guy's number because I need a new chair. So I will, uh, I'll give that to you in a little bit, Tom. But here is a word from Tom McKay and his kid about AV consultations. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. And Camilla McKay. Kid, what time is it? Oh, man, it's back to sports time. The hockey and football seasons are upon us. And baseball is winding down to the best part. And what about basketball season? I'm 5'2". Who the hell cares about basketball? Yeah, we're talking about watching, not playing. And in that case, you've got everyone covered, right? That's right. Audiovisual Consultations has been providing awesome systems and service throughout Texas for over 30 years. Installing home entertainment systems and livening up restaurants with Incredible audio and video systems. We're talking multi-screen video walls. And home entertainment that puts you in the best seat in the stadium. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678. Hey, aren't you forgetting something? Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Hug your kids until they beg you to stop. Watch a game with your friends. And make love to whoever the hell you want. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678 or visit us at avconsultations.com. Go Stars! Go Bruins! Kid. Oh, Love yeah. it. I see you got your two TVs all hooked up behind you. I like that. We've got both of them rolling this morning. Love it. Logos I, for days. 
Absolutely love it. Let me tell you about my friends, BK, over at Texas Orthopedics. If you're seeking specialized patient focus on orthopedic care, contact the experts now at Texas Orthopedics. Their physicians offer comprehensive uh, surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults. Spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement, rheumatology, and more. Christopher Daney is one of the surgeons there who I coach at the University of Texas, along with Chris Stockton, who I didn't coach at University. I did not coach kicking at the University of Texas. You know, their goal is to get you back in good health. And folks, the great thing about this, they want you to have that quality of life that you deserve. For more information, go to TXOrtho.com. That's TXOrtho.com. Can't even imagine how much of a disaster it would have been if you were coaching kicking at the now, University of Texas. What you need to understand is when I went, when I was at in high school, I was the extra point kicker and field goal kicker. I had a square toe. I was a square toe kicker. And when I went to the New York football giants as a free agent, I, they had a kicking shoe for me as a backup kicker. What? Yes. I never in action at, at the New York giants in any preseason game, got a chance to kick, but at practice I kicked when the kicker was down there kicking. Well, I don't even remember who the hell that was. Only guy I remember being at that, of course, at New York giants camp was Larry Zonka on his last leg of his career. Wow. That guy, the Zonk was amazing. I've never seen a guy pop more pills than the Zonk wow. for, injury pur- for injury purposes. Uh, the amphetamines, oh all the opioids, goodness. all that oh, stuff. He, he told a story about his little kid going the first time he went to potty and was trying to get potty trained, and he sat there with his little wing-wang hanging out, and the top of the toilet fell down on it. Oh. <laughs> he, he, he fell off the table. Because it hurt his, his kids screamed so loud and Zonk fell off the training table telling me this story. I couldn't <laughs> stop crying. I'm like, oh, what a traumatic experience for a kid. Oh. His first time. And he, of course, he couldn't, he stood up and laid that little thing on the on the you know on the the bowl right there. Yeah. The top came down and slammed on the oh, oh. you're not, well, not supposed to lay it on the bowl. He had it well, over kid, the bowl. I mean, I mean he what he, he was a kid. He was right? just there. He laid it on top. So dad oh. didn't care. Dad didn't care if he pissed on the floor as long as he knew that he was trying to <laughs> piss there. But he laid it down and somehow the top came down and slammed on top of it. He said that kid let out a scream. I'm like, I bet you let out a scream too, feeling it for him. He said he put put him in his arms. He said the kid's peeing all over him, but he was <laughs> hugging him. He, that's the funniest story. Man, oh man. He's hugging his kid while his kid is pissing all over him. You know? Oh my God! He didn't lose it, huh? Oh this, no! This wasn't a surgical operation. To no, us. I'm thinking. I bet you that kid never. I bet you he sat to pee for the rest of his life. Oh my God! <laughs> I mean, what a story. How do we get to that? I don't uh, know. Tom That's Dempsey it. with your square toe. Oh, square toe. Yeah. Well, what's what's the longest field goal you ever made? Do you remember? Since you were apparently a kicker. No, but I do remember in high school the uh, the extra point to instead of my coach going to win the game against Central Catholic High School, where my nephew now goes to school, the little trader, instead of going to my high school, he went to the Catholic school across in the other town where the McCafferty's went. And, and so I was going to kick the extra. There was two minutes left in the game. This team was undefeated, number one in the state. We were number eight, 10, or whatever. So the coach sends me in with two minutes to go in the game to kick the tying extra point. Everybody on our team is like up in arms, like, wait a minute, they're undefeated. Let's go for two. We want to win this game. We're here to win the game. We're not here to tie them. We're not – Bucky's not kicking a great onside kicker, and we're getting it. 
There was no overtime. It was just going to end up a tie. I go in there and kick it. I shanked it so bad it hit a girl who was going in the restroom in the head to the right. I just I, I shanked it. It was the only BK. I'm in the bus crying on the floor, and my teammates are walking across me, you know, to get to their seats in the big yellow bus. And they're going, you suck, you suck, you suck, big time player, you suck. Oh, everybody during the game, they want to go for two to win. I mix the extra point and I suck. Yeah, of course you suck. You can't miss the game tying extra point, Nick Rose. Come on, like dude. That leather that hit her in the back of the neck either as she's going to how, the restroom. How far, how far was she? And how bad did you miss this? It went straight right. It didn't near go near the crossbar. It went, it shanked off my foot and right to where the toilet was right where the restrooms were and hit her right in the back of the head. Oh, that's awesome. What a story. Is and I a... took that on to the New York Giants with me. Yeah, that's well, true. That's one of the many reasons you did not make the team, I think. Probably. Man, what a story. Well, you made it further than I did. That is awesome. Hope that poor girl is okay. All right, Buck. You asked me before the show if the Dallas Cowboys were the best team in the NFL. Uh, so I will ask you. The Dallas Cowboys yes. through two weeks, they're two and zero. They've outscored yes. their opponents seventy to ten. They've got the best point differential in the National Football League. Now there are a number of two and zero teams, but uh, the Cowboys have looked about as impressive as you could possibly look through a couple of games this season. In your mind, at this very moment, as we sit here on September nineteenth, twenty and twenty three, are the Dallas Cowboys the best team in football? I believe so. I think they're 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 the best overall team too. I mean, when it comes to defense, I think they've got the best defense in the NFL. Sorry about that, 49ers fans, but sorry about that, Jets fan. But, yes, I think they have the best overall defense in the NFL. And I think that offense, is, as weeks start to, to mount up here, will be one of the best, if not the best offense in the NFL also. Sorry, Patrick Mahomes and that gang, too. I think Dak Prescott has, Dak has all the weapons that he needs. I think he understands what he has to do in order to protect that football team. He has a responsibility to the team, and that responsibility is not to turn the ball over. I, I still worry a little bit with their run game. I, I know what they they want to do. I know what Mike McCarthy wants to do. He wants to keep it out of Dak's hands, really. That's what he's trying to do, and really use that run game and put him in situations that play action pass and with the receivers that they have. And and the little guy didn't even play last week for them. I think this is I think this is the best team so far in the NFL, and that even includes the Philadelphia Eagles to me. Man, so you think right now the Cowboys have the best defense in football and you think yes. within a couple of weeks they could have the best offense too? Yes, I do. Wow. Yeah, I, I can't quite get there with the offense. I mean, it's hard to argue against the Cowboys having the best defense in football with what they've done so far. Uh, I know the Giants aren't as good as we thought they were going to be. They obviously struggled a little bit against Arizona last week. We know week. about it, the Jets. We know about them. And yeah, you know, the Jets are a different team with uh, – with Zach Wilson under center versus Aaron Rodgers under center. So they were a little bit weaker than expected going into that week two matchup. But um, yeah, look, the Cowboys defense is awesome. I don't know if the offense will get there, but I think it could be a top five or seven offense at the end of the year. But that defense, uh, all you need is a top 10. Yeah. And give him credit. Like Dak was really good. The Cowboys offense going up against a great Jets defense. Yes. Zach Wilson sucks and he's not Aaron Rodgers, but now, the Jets have one of the best defenses in football, and Dak picked them apart, especially in that first half. So uh, I don't think it's the most far-off thing to say that the Cowboys might have one of the best offenses in football. And they did that on Saturday without Brandon Cooks as well in that one. And they were down a couple of offensive linemen at various portions of that game too. So uh, the Cowboys look like a complete football team. I mean, the NFC, 
it, it's kind of, I don't want to say completely going the way that we expected, right? I don't think anyone thought Washington would be 2-0. and I don't think anybody thought Tampa Bay would be 2-0. and Like, I thought they'd be one of the worst teams in football this year. Hell, I thought both of them would be some of the worst teams yep. in football this year. But at the top, I think it's kind of what we expected, right? Nobody's surprised that Philly's 2-0. and Nobody's surprised that San Francisco's 2-0. and I don't think anybody's surprised that Dallas is 2-0. and Like, those were regarded probably in that order as the three best teams in the conference going into the season. And at this point, I have seen nothing that tells me that those aren't the three best teams. Maybe you shuffled the order a little bit because of how good the Cowboys have looked. But those, to me, like we all expected, are the three best teams in that conference without question. Yeah, and as teams start, as the season starts to, get, to unfold a little bit, as the other teams start to wear down a little bit, I don't think the Cowboys' defense is going to wear down. They're yeah. going to understand that they've got records to be set with this defense when it comes to interceptions, sacks, pressures. They understand how good they are, and I don't think I think they've got enough backups in uh, on their team defensively to really do something really special in the NFL to make themselves one of those best of all times. They, I think they'll continue to get better. I mean, they've got two cornerbacks that just are shut down dudes. Yeah, They just are. And if you get the pressure, the kind of pressure they're getting, with Micah Parsons, no matter where he plays, Van Der Esch is playing just fine right now. The defensive line, the guys, they can rotate guys on the defensive line. They're going to pressure any quarterback. Nobody's going to be able to sit in the pocket and, and, and sit back there and enjoy the pleasure of throwing the ball down the field against the Cowboys. Now, they're going to take some shots, but those shots may end up being interceptions. Right. But, you know. But they're going to get pressure. They're not going to. I don't. I don't think we're going to see too many quarterback. I don't think we're going to see too many offensive lines able to keep the Dallas Cowboys out. They're of, so good. I mean, everybody talks about Micah Parsons, and rightfully so. And you talk about legendary stuff. I mean, this guy is a future Hall of Famer if he's just able to stay healthy. He is something special right now. But it's not just Micah Parsons, right? Like, oh yeah, Demarcus Lawrence is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Even Cowboys fans underrate Demarcus Lawrence. How about this stat? Two weeks into the season, Demarcus Lawrence currently ranks second amongst edge rushers in pass rush win rate this season. And he also ranks first amongst edge rushers in run defense grade. So Micah Parsons getting all the hype? Fine, he should. He's a freaking monster. He's getting all the double teams? Fine. You want to do that? Well, there's a guy on the other side who's also really freaking good, too. And, oh, by the way, up the middle, the emergence of Osa Odigizua turned oh, into yeah. a really, really good defensive t- – I mean, the Cowboys have some dudes there. Like, you know, they, they might have like three or four pro bowlers on the defensive line alone this year. They don't have to blitz. They could get that pressure that you're talking about and still drop seven, and that makes it really, really tough to move the ball against them. There, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. I mean, yeah, they're right there with San Francisco and the Philly defense. I, I think right now they're a little bit better than Philly's defense. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to give San Francisco up yet. I mean, it's just you know, Boza is Boza, and he's going to you know if he stays healthy in the first couple of games, and you know he missed a lot of practice time. If that guy gets it cranked up, he's he's a monster himself on on the defensive side for the 49ers. But I think as a whole, I think right now the Dallas Cowboys have the better defense than yeah. San Francisco and Philadelphia right now. I do too, and the Cowboys defense should look pretty good over the next couple of weeks. Oh yeah, they play Arizona this weekend. And then they play Bill O'Brien and the Patriots the following weekend. It's week five. Boy. Like the Cowboys should be 4 0. They're 12 point favorites this Sunday in the desert. Although uh, they've had some weird games out there in the past, but this is a different Cowboys team. And I think more importantly, this is a different Arizona team. Uh, and then the Patriots, that game's in Dallas. The Cowboys should be favored in that one too. They should be 4 0. 
before the Sunday night game against those same 49ers yes. by the Bay. Like that's that's your test right there for both teams. But obviously the Niners have been the boogeyman for the Cowboys over the last couple of years. They've knocked them out of the playoffs two years in a row. Uh, the Cowboys, I know it's a regular season game. There are some folks who don't give a crap about what Dallas does in the regular season. They only right. want to see what happens in the playoffs. But if Dallas can go win that game in San Francisco and be 5-0 and this season – and maybe uh, maybe something is a little bit different about this year's Dallas bunch. What did you think of, of Howard Griffin and his thoughts about Texas having dudes now? I mean, just – I mean, he can see he, – he understands the fact that the recruiting has been sensational. And you know what I mean? I mean, it's just been – I mean, Sark has done such a great job in recruiting. He continues to get the type of players that Texas needs in order to get into the national championship hunt. Not only just, you know, building for the future. They, the future looks very, very bright with this coaching staff and the way they can recruit, because you can talk about some of the things that aren't happening, you know, you know, Chris Jackson and needs to teach these guys how to catch, but that guy can go out there and recruit with the best of them right yeah. now. He's got a staff full of guys that know how to go into people's homes. They win the June battles in recruiting, which nobody even thought was a part of recruiting, but it seems that Sar gets these guys in June and locks them up and locks them down. I mean, that's incredible. And I mean, that has a lot to do with the university itself and Austin, Texas, but it has a lot to do with the, 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 the men that he has that go out and send his message out, you know, throughout the state of Texas and all over this country. Now, this is not just a Texas recruiting area. It's a national recruiting team now. And they yeah. go everywhere to get their players right now. They can go they can go down there to Georgia and that Atlanta area where it's hard to bring a player out and beat Alabama and beat Georgia. Texas can go down there and get them now. Hell, they take them from Alabama now. Right. Well, it's one of the best rosters in all of college football. And speaking of Alabama, Texas had better athletes than Alabama did last weekend. Yes, they did. When's the last time you've been able to say that, right? I mean, when's the last time Texas has even been close to Alabama in terms of a personnel standpoint? You might have to go back to the last time those two teams met in the national championship at the end of the 2009 season, the last time where Texas even had like talent to Alabama. So Yeah, it yeah, was definitely hard to say on that I was ever thinking – that Texas would have as good as personnel on the defensive line as Alabama had. That's that's hard. That that was hard to give up, but boy, both, they were they were more talented. Both lines of scrimmage, right? I mean, the Texas yeah. offensive line was awesome against that Bama D line, and obviously the Texas D line was able to feast on the Alabama O line at times too. So yeah, now that's that's why the expectations are so high for this Texas team, man. Like nobody recruits better than Alabama. Maybe Georgia's is right there in that mix, but yes, uh, this year you look at the blue chip ratios. On rosters in college football, Alabama has the highest blue chip ratio in the country right now. So they recruit better than anybody else. And the fact that Texas was able to go in there and win that game the way that they did, uh, very, very impressive. And it shows that uh, yeah, the tides have turned, no pun intended, a little bit here in Austin, Texas, USA, America. All right, a few more shout-outs to a few more of our great sponsors. Who have we not mentioned yet? Oh, Jack Allen's Kitchen. Oh, Love yeah. Those folks. Was there on Sunday with my family, had an awesome Lunch after services. Shout out to Temple. Happy New Year to all of you Jews out there as well. But uh, a great lunch experience. They have a phenomenal weekend brunch menu. That's uh, what I ordered off of. It was freaking delicious. They've got everything there. Some of the best burgers in the city. Great enchiladas, quesadillas. They've got a full bar as well, so you can get your drink on. A bunch of TVs at every Jack Allen's location, so you can watch the games as well. You're going to get a five-star dining experience 
every time you go in there. My family kept commenting about how good the service was, too. The service was spectacular. They seat you right away. There's always they get after you. They're always there to see whatever you need, aren't they? Yeah, refill your drinks. They've got you, man. The service, the food, the atmosphere, it checks every single box. Go to Jack Allen's Kitchen. They've got five locations around Austin. You're going to love every single one of them. And they Shout also serve your Allstad beer, BK. That's, they do indeed. They serve that, they serve that blonde beer. Allstad How about that beer. transition? Thank you for that. Yeah, Allstad beer. They've got it at Jack Allen's. They've got it all over the city, and it keeps showing up at more places around the state of Texas for damn good reason. It is a damn good beer. If you've already tried it, you know what I'm talking about. Hell, it even looks good. Like the book says, if you haven't tried it yet, you're probably tired of hearing me talk about it. Go get you some. It's the best beer that you've ever had and the best beer that you'll ever have. One sip and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. This stuff is liquid gold. It's what I order whenever I'm drinking beer at restaurants, at bars, wherever I am throughout Central Texas. It is Old Stat Beer, no impurities, no regrets. And also shout out to Last Stand Hats. We're working on getting some gear. And oh, by the way, when we get to 5,000 subs, very close to that number. We're going to be giving away a couple of last stand hats as well for you people. So we've got you covered. You don't have to wait for that, though. Just go to their website, laststandhats.com, and gear up with some of the most badass Texas gear that you can find. Shout out to Last Stand Hats, and shout out to all of our great sponsors for partnering with us here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Bucky? Yes, sir. You ready to golf today, man? I am ready to golf. I'm going to get some stretching in. I'm going to go early, go visit some of our folks and, you know, some of our sponsors real quick. But then I'm going to go stretch, too. This is not going to be the old buck. I had to make, had to make some changes. I'm, not, I'm no longer going to get out of the car and go to the first tee and start swinging, BK. I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to the driving range, but I'm going to somewhere and get some stretching in. So if you see me doing headstands, and, you know, double flip-flop back, double loop, triple sow cows out there. They're your golf course. That will be me at 68. Yes, I'm going to be primed and ready to go. Where are you doing these stretches? Like by your car once you get there? Or yeah, on the first it, team? Yeah, if I, as soon as I – I'm going to be like uh, – what's the little gymnast name from Houston, Biles? Yeah, Simone Biles. I'm going to be Simone Biles. If you see Simone Buck out there, just – you'll know. If you see a guy, a 68-year-old man doing – Double loops, triple sow cows, double flip flops. That would be me. What are these sow cows? What, what, I've never heard of the triple, the double loop, triple sow cow. Oh, what, do you, what is that's, that? I'm far, sorry, that's skating terminology. You can see me do that on the ice too when the time comes. When I tell you the winter is finally here. Uh, you've been watching a lot of figure skating lately. Is that uh, you, know you know I like figure stuff? skating. You know I'm a man of the figure skating. That's I am. Neat. You know, your manhood is questioned. I don't know if you can claim you're a man of the figure skating there, Buck. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know if that works too well for you. I think your wife might uh, have some concerns about what you're doing. Always, golf always with me oh, at all God. times. Yeah. Where are, you, where are you playing today? I'm going out to Twin Creeks. There you go. I love it. We'll hit them straight, my friend. Great show today, as always. Always wonderful with you, BK. And uh, you just keep on doing the great work that you're doing for us. You're a, You're fantastic. This is... This has been a dream come true. You've got, a, you've got an all-star group of guys together right now that are so thankful that you decided this is what you want to do. And, you know, you can listen to us at, at every venue. You know, it's easy to get us on the app. You know, we have a, we have a signal that you can actually hear. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no music playing in between. You know, you don't, you don't get um, 
I mean, you don't get all the music and everything. You get us. <laughs> and you get us for two hours straight. You don't get the commercials. This, is, this has been wonderful, and it's only going to get better. And we're going to see you out at some locations here very, very soon. We will see you up in the Dallas area for Texas OU. I'll tell you that now. You're damn right. And hopefully we'll see you up there for the Big 12 championship game, Ooh. too. That's There's the goal. a championship game to be played up there? That's the, well, there will be one played. The hope is we'll be playing in it. And if, well, just uh, playing in it is a good – is playing in it good we, enough? We're, we're going to win the damn thing, too. We're going to win the damn thing, too. Okay. Thank you for the kind words, Simone Buck. Great show today. And don't just listen to us for two hours. Listen to Rodney Absolutely. and Wax with Chaos Theory. We're on all day from 8 to 5, and Chaos Theory is coming up right now. Add these two to the screen. Gentlemen – Great show as always, Buck. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, Wax. Where is your black shirt? How can you? How can Rodney be on there with a black shirt? Are your nails polished black? <laughs> and we're hey, black boots. Been really superstitious. The O's wore black last night, and ever since I brought out the bird guy, the little bird guy, the Oriole bird. The O's. Do you mean this guy? This guy. You, here we go. We're not talking about the O's. Bring out the we're captain. That's about exactly Giro. what I needed. The Orioles were on a streak, and then we got broken down because of the Birdman. We need to bring out the Jeets. We need well, to bring out the Jeets. Yeah, the they figured out a way to win last the biracial night. Biracial captain, the best biracial player in the history of baseball, <laughs> right there. Jerry yeah, Let me tell you something. Jeter definitely played the field. I think he went through women like a hot knife went through butter. That's oh my goodness, not those those. What do you think he's Mel Tucker? What are you trying to do? <laughs> Mel Tucker. Come on now. Peter was just very personal and he vetted a lot of women. That's all. He just wanted to make sure he had the right one. Wow. Sure. He, may, he, he married one that could talk, make a horse talk, of course. There it is. Hey, <laughs> just just keep your black shirt in the studio, man. That's what I do. I had a pile of them over there. There and you go. Like, grab one <laughs> and 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 once a week you wash them all and just throw that shit back in the corner. Black shirt. Every What's wrong time. with Brad? BK's not wearing a black shirt. How come Wags is getting dumped on here so early in the morning? I already took my morning glory. What's going on? I'm waiting to see your boots up there on the table. <laughs> I had some kids in high school like that. You know, we had at Catholic school, we all we were supposed to wear these uniforms. I always had to wear this goofy tie and khaki pants. But every once in a while, there would be the black boots that would come in. And I didn't know if they were military. I didn't know what it was. Black fingernail polish. Everybody has that group, don't they? Is that still going on these days? Oh yeah, bigger than ever. They're there, bigger than ever. I think it's bigger than ever now. Yeah, Yeah, I don't want. I I don't want to get too deep with them because I don't want them to show up out here in the tiny (laughs) hamlet that I live in. No thanks. Yeah, Yeah. back in the old days, we had you you had the kickers. That that was the guys with the boots and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, Then you had the nerds, and then then you had the 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 few of uh, the few of us, and you had the Mexicans. So you know, it's like, oh, okay, well there you go. The group. Those are the groups. But we all got along, man. <laughs> oh, we yeah, yeah, yeah. Along, nobody can get along. Where I'm, where I'm from, a Mexican is a sandwich. <laughs> see, see, everybody. <laughs> I'm serious. Hey, I'm Rodney, serious. Rodney, we call Rodney, Tommy think, Joe's Mexicans you, for some reason. What about my tips for kids? Because I'm going to have to keep Wags. Tuesday's a, a no-cussing Tuesday because I get my tips for kids. How about this, Wags? Check this out. Good words are worth much and cost little. I like it's it. all for the kids. the kids, man. It's all for the kids. I like it. Oh, oh, yeah. As soon as that's over, he's going to say his first half bomb here about two minutes. If you guys, I love how y'all follow up. I watch, I watch this channel all day long while I'm okay. at work. Who leads the lead? Dude, this dude has only dropped two F bombs so far throughout this gestation of our period so far. And Wait. Trey has laid oh. it down. Challenge. Rodney 
has now, dropped. Where's the so. flag? Where's the red flag? <laughs> Challenge. Hold on, let me Bill Belichick. Flag. I'm grabbing it out of my sock. Hold on. Right, well, <laughs> get Bill Belichick hoodie right now. Wow. Oh, God. Flags. All, All right, right guys, fellas. Great show, guys. You guys Welcome. too, man. It's, it's 